What are germs? Germs are tiny, tiny little creatures that want to kill you. The human body is made out of many yucky parts, and it's important to keep germs away from all of them. Germs are everywhere, on the inside of windows, on pencils, on apples, in the U.S. mail, between your piggies, and especially on dirty, filthy cowboys. Bicycles are another breeding ground for germs. Never, ever touch a bicycle with your bare hands. Germs can enter the body in a number of ways. Whenever you get a railroad spike impaled through your head, germs have easy access to your brain. Even a tiny cut or scrape can be deadly. As soon as you're injured, immediately cover the open wound with crazy glue to keep the germs from getting in. How else can we fight this menace? One thing you can do is go to your doctor and have him look up your nose to see if there are any germs hiding there. When you take a shower, be sure to wash everywhere, especially the really stinky parts. And make sure you wash your hands 30 or 40 times a day, or else a giant talking bar of soap will appear in your bedroom one night, and no one will ever hear from you again. Always burn your clothes immediately after wearing them. Whenever possible, have your dinner prepared inside a hyperbaric chamber. Rinse your mouth with hydrochloric acid after every meal. And if all else fails, run. Run for your lives before the germs get you, too. Four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of May in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not only ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio. Hello there. Uh, if you would uh, like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, uh, ruminations, whatever you might have. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. That's Bridgefield 970. Uh, 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Richie Bristol is standing by. Ready, willing, able, and covered with all sorts of lubricating agents. Pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or, you know, whatever you might have. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us. Remind me to ask, I'm going to make a note to myself, to ask Lisa about the film screening she went to last night. Film screening. I'll talk about it here in just a second. Screening. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bob Costantini joining us later on today as we track uh, the Indiana and North Carolina primaries. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Rupert. I kind of forgot Britney Spears existed, but I guess she's doing something today. Hold on. Wait. She's... Wait, you'll never guess. She's in court. Britney Spears and Kevin Federline are back inside a Los Angeles courtroom for... Jumping or other. 
I don't really know why. Uh, we'll talk about that later on today. Cannibal Watch coming up today. Uh, Geek Watch as well. We continue to count down to Rick Emerson. Listener Party 11, now a mere... I never how you do how you do this. If you if we count the day, wait. So a week, so seven days would be next Tuesday. Eight, nine days. It's nine days. So what? <laughs> All you have to do is add it, Rick. It's on the fifteenth. It's the sixth. So it's nine days. Nine days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a listener party. Nine there's days. No, there's no need to pile on. I was just asking a simple question. It's just it, it, it's very easy. I never know whether you add whether you count the day of the event or not. You know what it is? It's like when you and a friend are both trying to do something at the same time, and you go, one, two, three. But then you have to have that conversation about, is it on three or is it after three? Like when you play rock, uh, paper, scissors. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Don't be coy with me. So we are now nine days away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, uh, happening next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. at the Crystal Ballroom, featuring the Rick Emerson Roast, uh, Roastmaster Carl Click, roasters to include Storm Large, Sarah Dillon, Court and Fatboy, Scott Daly, Aaron Durant, Peter Carlin, Byron Beck, Music by Nickel Arcade and Emerson Starship. Uh, special happenings, events, beverages, whatnot. Uh, that is next Thursday at the Crystal Ballroom. So more about that on the way. Uh, let's see. Well, we have also we never even got to the end of that Lars Christensen guy's air check yesterday because there were two. There was there was what's his name Coop Delicious who just sort of sounded like the booby doctor, and then there was Lars Christensen, who sort of sounded evil, sort of like he was lurking in a place inside your brain that you couldn't quite con- uh, quantify, it's sort of waiting to come out and talk to you late at night. Um, and so we have the rest of his air check to play, and then Susan Reynolds sent me, and I don't know why these are all going to Susan. I mean, maybe just people don't apply for DJ positions anymore. Maybe they figured out there are no on-air positions to be had, like, anywhere. I don't think there are any broadcasting schools anymore. I don't know that there are either. The last broadcasting school that I was really aware... I mean, there's Mount Hood, I guess. But, I mean, even Mount Hood is not really a broadcasting school. And it's sort of... It's just a community college that has a, a broadcasting course. Um, the last broadcasting school I was aware of... Do you remember... Did you ever meet that kid that... Uh, Oh, the correspondence course The kid? correspondence yeah, course kid with the crushing handshake and the head that looked like a skull mm-hmm. <laughs> who came in when I when we were at uh, Fisher and then for a little bit of our tenure at Intercom. And he'd, he'd been taken in by some swindling school that was like, I swear to, I swear to Christ, they were teaching him radio through the mail for like $4,000. I felt so bad. I mean, in his, so what's your instructions to me? And my instructions were, cancel your check. Stop payment on the check. Oh, I remember that kid. Do you remember that kid? Yeah, he was, totally. He, he had such a good heart, you know. He really wanted it in the worst way, but just, he was paying, I swear it was like $4,500 to some shyster, some swindler, some scam artist. That was when we were on 910, right? Uh, it was, yeah, it was just as we were switching over from, from Hot Talk to to Max, and some guy was charging him almost five grand to teach him radio through the mail. I mean, it just sounds like a joke. It doesn't even sound real. And I will say, by the way, uh, there were other radio personalities <clears throat> who I will not name. There were other radio personalities working at that company at the time uh, who gladly took a kickback from that company uh, to swindle young, impressionable youths uh, who uh, wanted to learn the exciting world of radio. I couldn't do that. I have a tiny, 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 minuscule, uh, cracked conscience. 
But even that uh, was activated by the, the fact that they were just scamming this guy for like five grand. Anyway, so I don't believe there are any broadcasting schools. There are also no broadcasting positions. There are also no DJ jobs. There are also no live programs left anywhere. It's just one black box sitting in a corner spitting out 500 different radio formats at once. So, that being said, all of the DJ air checks now go to Susan Reynolds. And Susan Reynolds, God bless her, passes them along to Place us. Place parties. <laughs> that, 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 that as well. Uh, so we have uh, the rest of Lars Christensen's uh, air check from yesterday. We also have another one. Let me let me check here. This is from. Do I, is there a name on this? No, it's somebody from KFMA, wherever that might be. So uh, anyway, so we'll get to uh, we'll get to that later on. FEMA? I don't know. It's I'd never heard it before, and I. Here's the thing about this other air check. Uh, this is not any, either of the ones we played yesterday. I swear that this air check is from about 1993. I mean, I can't say for sure, but just the sort of anecdotal evidence, just based upon some of the things that this person says early on in the air check, I'm guessing it's at least a decade old. So uh, we'll get to that uh, later on. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. A fired Plaid Pantry employee is charged with robbing four Plaid Pantries. A prominent Oregon businessman is arrested in a prostitution sting. A burglar trapped near a restaurant grill nearly cooks himself alive. A Florida teacher loses his job after being accused of wizardry. From Vegas, the Tropicana files of bankruptcy. Hillary appears on Letterman. Tom Hanks announces his support for Obama on his MySpace page. And Tom Cruise and Senator Redstone make peace. There could be another Mission Impossible from Paramount. All right. As the results, let's all get in line for that. Uh, I did read that article this morning. They said that, do you ever get the feeling when you read, it, it's where a journalist or like a PR person or somebody who handles a celebrity is desperately trying to make something happen, and the way that they've chosen to try to make it happen is just by saying that it's happening, hoping that we will all kind of go, <clears throat> yes, it's happening, but just mindlessly pass it along. I read one of those this morning about Tom Cruise, and it said that Tom Cruise image rehab is underway. There's uh. going to be no rehabbing. There's no coming back from crazy. Not, not from not from Tom Cruise crazy. Just like, just like Britney Spears, you know, she can like grow out her hair and like put on pretty clothes and stuff. But we'll always all remember the head shaving incident. I will always remember the fact that she showed us her blood-stained underwear. Oh God, I forgot about that. No, I didn't. That's a thing I can never. That's a thing I can never scrub away from my retinas. So there will be no rehabilitation. It's not going to happen. Uh, we're joined today's Are We Always by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today? Hi, hi. Hey. I'm doing well. So you brought Muppet with you today? I have a Muppet. I almost, I thought I was going to have to bring Max to work, and then it turns out it's going to be either tomorrow or uh, or Thursday, which is just as well. He didn't, he didn't really play well with other jobs. Yeah, that's why so. I called you this morning. I'm like, are you bringing Max? Because if you're not, I'm going to bring the Muppet. Hello, Muppet. How are you today? All right. He's Am I supposed to respond for him in a Muppet-like voice? Please I don't, do. No, I really don't want to. <laughs> Kill! All right, please ask everybody what you were asking me this morning. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. What about the licking thing? Yes. I'm sorry. Okay, so I have a, I have the most adorable dog in the world, but his breath smells, and I've seen him lick himself. What does his breath smell of? Does it just smell of death and just sort of bad? Oh, it just it just smells kind of bad. It's, right it, now, it smells kind of like dog food. Occasionally, you get that dog's breath that it's like it's like distilled garbage juice or something. It's just it's like an aggregation of all the worst smells that have ever existed well, in the world. And the rule is like the cuter the dog looks, the more disgusting it actually is. <laughs> That's totally true. Do you brush his teeth? Yeah. I know that we're doing dog talk. Everybody's gonna have to be okay with that. Yes, I have um, some peanut butter toothpaste that I brush him with. But I mean, he's kind of a lost cause. I'm gonna have to eventually do something with his teeth because um, the previous owner. 
before I adopted him, served him nothing but wet food. So oh, it kind of way to go. Yeah, so it kind of messed up his teeth. Maybe so. you should just remove his teeth and have them replaced with just uh, <laughs> like blunt plastic nubs of some kind. That would be kind of hilarious. I'm just saying, it seems like at a point in the, we ought to be at a point in history where we can just replace our teeth with just titanium studs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I mean they're pretty screwed. There's no real going back from the damage that the wet food caused. So what is the deal? So you, I understand. The only reason I ask this is because I saw. So I saw Muppet going to lick your hand today. It wasn't even like licking your face. I can understand people who don't want a dog. It's not like I go out of my way to let Max lick my face, but it, I'm sort of zen with the fact that occasionally he just ambushes you. You know, you're just sitting there, and he's he's laying on the sofa. You're watching television, and then out of nowhere, it's just, and you kind of go, ah, all right. You I, know, just, I just, can't you do it. Like, like, the, like the steady licking just creeps me out. But I you love won't him. let him lick anything. No. I give him, you know, I take him for walks. He has lots of toys. He has many other pleasures in life. I just don't. I don't want him. It just it, it grosses me out. Like whenever I try to type on my keyboard, right? Even at home, like he, he always goes right for the hands. He licks my hands all the time. At one point, I saw you actually pulling your shirt sleeves up over your hands this morning, <laughs> like to shield yourself from and the probing to tongue mean, of mother. But mother's. I see, I see what he eats and what he licks. Now, and he I don't eat, want that on my hands. Does he eat or anywhere on me? The foulest of material, if you know what I mean. I have seen him. Eat the foulest of material before. I don't want he to... is just a gross little thing. I'm like, how can you be so cute and so gross at the same and time? That really, that really is not unlike babies. That really is the thing with with some he pets. Know. Where it, they are simultaneously adorable and just then horrifically repellent in every conceivable I know, fashion. I've seen him eating the worst of things. Aren't and I'm just like, a... who are you? What are you doing? Are you the cutest little thing that eats feces in the front yard? Oh, oh God. let's all hug. I'm just like, wait, I just saw you poop. Where is it? <laughs> Okay, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, so that's, in a nutshell, why I don't let him lick me. Now, do you understand? Yes, I do, Sarah. Yes, I do. And you know that Max does it, too. You just pretend not he to doesn't, know. I try to I try to live in denial about that because he doesn't do it when I'm... Well, because uh, Max and Muppet are like a similar... Are we still talking about dogs? We yes, we are. About it. Hi, Tim. With what do you brush your dog's teeth? Uh, with a toothbrush and chicken-flavored toothpaste. <laughs> Doesn't it defeat the purpose if the toothbrush tastes like chicken? Oh, and I want to say hi. I met I met two listeners last night. Oh. Han and Marcus. Excellent. Hello. Thank All you right. for getting my friend Kyle so drunk. Right. Hello and howdy and how are you? And they're going to be at the listener party. Speaking of which, uh, so as we kind of plunge on into the day, it's uh, 503-733-2970. So speaking of the listener party, so I, a couple things. A, uh, we have now closed the submissions for listener roasts. So we were doing this whole thing where we have had... Have you talked to Joni? Is she stoked? Um, about what? About because she got all the roasts. Is she? Well, they all those all went upstairs. Uh, the listener submitted mini roasts. All went to Bridget. Okay. Uh, because Joni and Todd have sort of got their hands full, uh, just sort of dealing with. I mean, let's be honest, and dealing with me. Let me just finish this uh, mouthful of coffee, and then I'll. Yeah, Joni and Todd, and not just you, but they're dealing with everybody's crazy. Because we're about 10 days away from the listener party, and the centerpiece of the party, which is giving everybody a nervous collapse, is the roast. And so there is, you know, Carl Click, who's the roast master, and then there's everybody else who's doing the roasts. And I'm not going to be allowed to see any of the material beforehand, obviously, because that would sort of take the fun out of it. And nobody's really seeing anybody else's jokes. Nobody's sort of, you know, sort of like Storm doesn't know what Byron's going to say, and Peter doesn't know what Aaron and Scott are going to say. 
and I don't know what anybody's going to say, but all of the scripts have had to go to our friend Todd the Corpse and Joni DeRoshi, who are sort of there serving as script supervisors, really just to make sure that there's no overlap uh, between materials, so there's no flat-out joke duplication. And the deadline we set was yesterday. It was Monday, May 5th, for everybody to have their roast uh, scripts in to Todd and Joni. And I, of course, put everything off until the last moment, and so there I was sitting in front of my computer like uh, 6 o'clock Sunday night, just, just desperately trying to come up with anything, just ransacking my brain for material that might still just be sort of laying around. So they're having to sort through all of my stuff and then all of the regular roast uh, submissions. And then the listener-submitted roasts, we draw uh, dropped the curtain on those yesterday. So who's picking the listener-submitted ones? Well, I think what's going to happen is I think you, because those went upstairs awesome. to okay, Bridget. Okay, yeah, I say I'd love to look at them. So I think Bridget and Susan uh, will sit down with you and you'll kind of go through... Uh, all of the listeners submitted roast, uh, you know, because they were like mini roasts, sort of a hundred words or less. And the idea was that the listeners would send them in, and then you would pick sort of X number if it, if it worked well, and then you would present them at the listener party. So I just got the most genius thing in the mail too. I mean, I've, I've, I've received a couple of things that, although they didn't go through the website, I'm going to propose them to Bridget and Susan because some of these are just. Yeah, so you so good. So then you have between now and you know whatever, like early next week probably to get those sort of to get those sort of ready. But we uh, yeah, the submission deadline for those was yesterday. So thank you to everybody who submitted uh, listener mini roasts, and Sarah will go through and kind of pick some of those that did work okay. the best. Then we'll present them. And by the way, I do want to say I'd like to thank MySpace uh, for making it incredibly difficult to send out event invitations to anybody. So there I was sitting in front of the computer last night, and I I made that. Not a bulletin, but you know one of those like events that, that you can post on the space where it's you know so you have been invited to and oh then it takes forever a logo too. and a whatever and so I'd created all the information I'd written the description I'd put the, the the date and the time and the location I put a graphic up and then of course and I'm not saying that I mean it's, it's a fine problem to have I suppose but you know I got 1,700 MySpace friends now I know those aren't like Dane Cook numbers but I mean it, it's it, I mean, that's a lot. That's more than just having, like, you and Tom and three guys at your office. And well, it's so... kind of difficult because we're not friend collectors, but, you know, there are a lot of listeners. There are a lot of people, you know, from different parts of your life. Like, they're listeners and they're, like... And that's the other thing. So it's all people that I don't feel like I can gloss over. Like, I don't feel like I can, ne I can neglect any of them. Mm -hmm. So I create the MySpace event invitation. I go online, and then I realize that the way that MySpace is set up, you can't just sort of say, like, select all or select one through 500. They don't 500. have a select all? No, there isn't, Sarah. If you're sending out a MySpace <laughs> event invitation, you know what you have to do? You have to select, click, and then hit add for every single person to whom you want to send the event invitation. So how many people did you send the event invitation? Before I say that, let me just back up and say that there used to be, because I use Mozilla Firefox as my browser, there used to be a Firefox extension, a sort of, you know, like a, a little patch uh, that you could put into Firefox that would allow you to select all, uh, you know, when you were at MySpace. You can't do that anymore. And Seamus and I had a series of long uh, sort of MySpace messages back and forth to each other last night looking to see if there was some sort of Internet hack floating around out there that would allow you to select all when you were at MySpace. That's not really the case. So here's me last night sitting in front of the computer. One, add. Two, add. Three, add. Four, add. Fast forward to half an hour later. 1,525, add. 1,526, add. 1,527. Oh, no. So I had to manually send the invite uh, for the event to seven, uh, 1,708 people. So that's what I did with my evening. So I don't know what you all did. You could have sat at home and smashed your own toes with a ball-peen hammer, and it would have been more enjoyable than my evening.
So there you go. I don't have all the space. <laughs> no, you don't, Tim. <laughs> and you are better for it. Your life is better because of that. All right. Um, anyway, so if you didn't get the uh, the MySpace uh, evite or invite or whatever the hell it is for the listener party, that's just hard cheese because I'm not going through and sending it out to 1700. And that, and and plus, and let me just since we're venting about MySpace, so there I am manually adding 1700 people to the send list for the uh, the event invitation, and then I live in fear that when I go to hit send. I mean, anytime you go to hit send on MySpace, you always have that sort of trepidation that the whole thing's just going to crash. Oh, yeah. That you're going to get, I'm sorry, an error has occurred. Please go back to your homepage. Log in again. We regret the, the inconvenience. And then you just have to kill yourself. Because, of course, I would have had no choice but to go back and add all 1,700 people again. Anyway. So, thankfully, it seems to have worked. And, you know, I'm not going to distress about it, uh, about it too much. All right. Uh, later on today, by the way. Uh, we'll do another pre-party weigh-in because it seems to me that after nagging my wife to get me the scale that measures your body fat, after pestering her uh, for months to get it for me, I think we've only used it twice because then it just became too horrifying. I just used it. Would you like to tell everybody your uh, your weight problem, Tim? Oh, Tim never has weight problems. Oh, no. Here's Tim's weight problem. This is what Tim said as we were getting ready to start the show. Tim said, I don't know. I put on a lot of weight over the winter. And I said, well, that's funny, Tim. You don't look like you put on any weight. And Tim said... I think I've put on four pounds over the winter. How much did you put on, Tim? Five. Five pounds. Five So there you pounds. go. Tim's whole life is falling. Piggy, piggy. <laughs> You're the skinniest person I know. I'll hold your hair if you want to go vomit, Tim. <laughs> Look at Rick. At least Rick's ballooning up in front of both of us. <laughs> but you know what? You can't tell because it's so dark in here. Yeah, and I wear a slimming. Exactly, the, sh- the shading. <laughs> and I wear slimming colors. So, so I have to drop five pounds at some point during the summer. I usually do. Tim, you're like the healthiest person I know. Seriously. Let I me mean, see, let me see your face. The key is to brush your teeth after no. vomiting. No, you didn't even. And usually, like, if that's if it's like four or five pounds, put it on the face and you don't have it. And face. the idea that you somehow just knew that it was like four pounds you'd put because on. Because it happens every winter. And then it is my goal during the summer to lose that again. Yeah, times times is hard, Tim Riley. Times is hard. All right. Well, there you go. So we'll do the uh, the Rick Emerson uh, weigh-in uh, probably later on this hour. Today, by the way, will be the last day we talk about Richie Bristol and his online exploits. Um, we'll get Bridget to scan those final four pages oh, of the transcript to? in. Yeah, and then oh. we'll get them posted. Today will be the last day we have to wade through that, but I do feel like we have to finish it out. Uh, it, <laughs> just like Richie had to. Just, yeah. <laughs> you can't quit halfway, Sarah. <laughs> Once the launch sequence has begun, you have to eject. All right. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Bob Costantini. Jim Roop. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And more about Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening 10 days from now. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. To build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, the horningsluts.com. Great food like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my butt. You must take my seat. I was waiting for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Please now do. Please do explain what that was. Why did that just happen? The listener said to me, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Chad, you're genius. Chad and Forrest Grove. That took work. There's That's nothing like nothing like knowing you have the respect and admiration of the audience. You know what? Sir. Chad nailed it. I wish... Like, he just made my dreams come true, because you say the creepiest thing, and you don't realize it. I don't. And Chad just kind of summarized it for us. 
I like to think that the context alleviates the creepiness factor of some of the things that come out of my mouth. Like that time that I said that Richie having sex with that Mormon girl was the hottest thing ever? Yeah, that was just creepy. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be in the uh, Chad's next creation. All right, thanks so much. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, and I left the note upstairs, so I, I, I don't have the listener's name in front of me, so I feel like a jerk. I'd like to thank whoever it is that dropped off, and I will I will get your name during the next break, and then I'll uh, I'll make this shout a little more personal. So for now, it's just going to be a generic insert your own name here shout out to the guy that dropped off the bacon flavored Pringles uh, yesterday. Two big canisters of these, by the way, and just looking at them, it makes me feel kind of it's like I have the urge to sort of belch just looking. Um, let me ask you this: How many servings do you suppose are in this can of Pringles, Sarah? Mm, Twenty-seven. <laughs> no, no. Well, let me put it another way: How many uh, how many calories do you suppose are in here? I'll in the entire can or yeah. in a serving? Uh, no, no, no. In the whole can. And I'll give you a hint: It's actually fewer than you might think. In the whole can, I'd the say five hundred. Twelve. Well, oh. never, mind. <laughs> never no, mind. It's more than double what you think. Then <laughs> no, it's twelve hundred. Uh, so I ate about a third of this can of Pringles uh, yesterday. Here's yeah, it a, looks empty. It doesn't look like a third. It's not empty. You should have one. I, I mean, should? just so you know what okay. they taste like. What are they? They're bacon-flavored Pringles. Sarah. Oh, you're right. You only did eat a third. Yeah. No, I only ate. I didn't I didn't consume that many of them. Here's the thing. They don't really taste like bacon. They taste like barbecue. They taste like, they taste Pringles like, awesomeness. Yeah, they taste like barbecue-flavored potato chips. Don't you agree? That oh, these are so good. That's what I'm saying. I love Pringles. Everybody loves Pringles. I defy How you. Do you not love Pringles? With the exception of Tim, who probably doesn't, I defy you to find anybody who doesn't love Pringles. The thing about Pringles is, I say this while I'm... Oh, they're so good. <laughs> I say Pringles Don't really... Don't give me anymore. You know what Pringles are? Pringles are uh, in the... What is that magazine that my, that my wife reads? I forget what it is. Some fitness magazine. Pringles are food porn. They really are. Uh, I'm not trying to knock them. I'm not trying to put them down. They are. Fa- I mean, I'm just sitting here eating them as we speak. I'm just saying that Pringles are irresistible. And they're irresistible, and they're especially dangerous because, A, they're potato chips, but you don't really feel like they're potato chips. They sort of seem they're different enough that they kind of sneak in underneath the radar because they're sort of like a like a processed potato chip type food. They don't really seem like... They're like, they're like delicious buttery air. Yes, they are, Sarah. Um, and they just kind of melt in your mouth and they break so gently in half. And that's then, the oh. other... And the other thing about Pringles is is that they... they and they have, get right on your tongue, that little, like, curved part. And you know all of that's designed, by the oh, way. Yeah. You know that there's been a focus group somewhere where they've gone through and experimented with all different kind of shape of foods, trying to figure out exactly how the Pringle uh, will uh, sort of <laughs> mesh with your tongue most fluidly. Um, but the thing about Pringles is... It, when I say nobody can eat just one, I mean, I don't mean it the, the way that, like, the Lay's potato chip even means it. I mean, when you reach in, no, nobody, perfection. nobody ever reaches into a tube of Pringles and takes just the top chip. You never do. You always reach in and take, like, three at a time. That's the genius snack food, too, because you stack them, because it's like fat people want a stack of something. <laughs> I just want to stack it and then put it in my mouth. Exactly. Take another one, put it in my mouth. Exactly. Because uh, you can't do that with regular potato chips, because they just fall everywhere. But here you can have a giant stack of delicious fatness. There was, in fact, a, 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 a period of time yesterday when I was sitting in the office, because I didn't know they were there. So I And, and then we'll move on from the Pringles, because... We do have to weigh ourselves uh, at some point so we can sort of get it done. I'll just weigh myself while I'm eating some Pringles. Um, so there was, but I got off the air yesterday and I walked to my office and there was, you know, two big, uh, two big tubes of Pringles. One of which is still up there and sealed, and I just got to throw that one into an, into an incinerator or something. Um, 
But, of course, what did I do? I wasn't even into the office. I was walking up after the show, and I have all my stuff in my hands, and I have you know, my legal pad, and I have my coffee cup, and my whatever. I'm walking up to the office. I haven't even opened the door. Uh, I see the Pringles on the floor in front of my office door. I reach down, and I pick them up, and I'm immediately just, and it's that, you know, and just opening them. Literally opening the office door with one hand. With my left hand, I am holding all of my, uh, like, my pens and my papers and my prep sheets uh, and the Pringles, and I am attempting to elbow open my office door at the same time, like... That's, like, the saddest thing ever. Uh, yes, it is. It is. And so you so didn't the, even know where they came from. You saw them in front of your door, like, fool. I better read them. And so, and, of course, they also have, uh, at the top, guaranteed to, uh, to uh, arouse the interest of every American. Not only are they Pringles, not only are they smoked bacon Pringles, they are, in fact, a limited time at Pringles, oh, Sarah. God. So you, you have know. to eat them as fast as possible. <laughs> I've got to eat as many as I can right now so I can get them all into my head before the store stops stocking them. <laughs> uh, so I'm sitting there, and what do you do? You eat three, and then you put the lid back on, and you say to yourself, well, I'm all full now. That's enough Pringling for me. There's no, never enough Pringling. No more for me, thanks. And then it, five seconds later, you just find yourself reaching into the can again, as I and am you right now. you justify the calorie content. You're like, well, I've only had roughly I've a only serving had, and a half of them. I've had two servings. That's fine. I'm allotted 1,200 calories a day just to exist. All right. Let's all just take one moment here while I... Did you eat two? You stuck two in your mouth. Yes, I did. I wonder how big you are. When are we going to do this? <laughs> what kind of a hideous thing is that? Does I wonder how big you are. Not no, how is to... your health? All right, if Lisa doesn't call in, we're going to weigh you right now. Is and then Lisa, we'll weigh me. Is Lisa supposed to be calling now? Yeah, I booked her at 35. All right. Well, I wonder how big you are. <laughs> I are on the Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you today? Hi. Um, I just thought maybe in the fairness of equal time, I might mention another product that is single-like. And when I'm at the store, I just buy each other's cheapest because they they are great. And Lay's makes one that's called Stacks. Now, is a stack is a stack like a Pringle? Is stack like a Pringle? It's like a Pringles. Does it come in a bag or does it come in a can? Comes in a canister, and the canister is oval as well. Really? And it's plastic, not cardboardy. Now, is it now? Are these like you know? Because you know what has. This is really one of those discussions for us that we have to be careful because we can just go on forever with this. You know what is like a Pringle is those Lay's baked potato chips. The potato chips that Lay's makes that are baked, not fried. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and the, the cheddar sour cream. Exactly. exactly. And they have that same, and it's like a dry sort of, I guess maybe there is less grease or something in them. But it's those baked Lay's potato chips that have sort of a dry kind of rough texture to them. And as Sarah pointed out, they're, the one trait that these all share in common is they do have that that melt-in-your-mouth kind of thing going on, which is really just unbelievably dangerous for you. Mm-hmm. And let me also ask you this. And they get a little soggy if you leave them in there for like 10 seconds, and then they just kind of gently piece away. And let me ask, let me, let me ask one other question here while we're all sort of sharing our Pringle shame. Do you ever do this? Sarah probably doesn't because you live alone. Uh, what is your name, sir? Mike. Mikey, married. Do you have a significant other, girlfriend, wife, husband, boyfriend, whatever? I'm married. You're married? Do you ever do this? Do you ever go to the store, maybe late at night after your wife is asleep, and instead of buying Playboy or whatever it is that guys would typically hide from their wives, you buy some sort of horrible snack food that you know you're not supposed to have, or even that you're not, it's not that you're not supposed to have it, you're just ashamed to be buying it. And so you, you buy it, like you go to Safeway, 
uh, you know, at like 1130 at night, you say, no, I got to go buy some uh, shaving cream. You go to Safeway and instead of buying shaving cream, you find yourself buying like a whole tub of like chive and onion dip and then like some nacho chips. You come home. You eat enough until you're full, and then you don't want to throw it away because you've paid for that, and you'll know you'll want it again later, so you hide it somewhere in the house behind other food. Yes, I do that. I do that. Peanut M&M's. You know and also, um, I've got a, a munchie drawer at my office that uh, is full of uh, Pop-Tarts. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. <laughs> it's, here's, I'm going to tell you right now. Here's two things that my wife doesn't know are hidden in the house. Please, nobody tell her about this. I've got a case, well, not a case, but like like a 10-pack of Kraft macaroni and cheese secreted at the house. And it's all Batcave style, you know what I mean? And like it's, it's, it's like behind a wall of Kashi cereal and then like some dried spaghetti. You would really have to go through, it's, it's hidden like an Austrian man hides children. You'd have to go through about three different layers of health food to find, hidden in the back, a 10-pack of Kraft macaroni and cheese. And here's the other thing. The other thing that I find myself uh, eating a lot, it's sort of an indulgence food for me, which I know sounds incredibly gay, but we're all just going to be okay with that, is that that big box of, like, pseudo-granola that Quaker makes, where they sort of market it as a health food, but you know there's nothing oh, healthy not. in there. You know that that's it's just full of sugar. brown sugar and fat and whatever. I will buy that, and then I'll sit there, and, like, on a, on a given day... I'll go through about seven bowls of that, and then I could, ju- and then I just go, you know, another two months without having it. But in the interim, it is hidden somewhere in the house. Every now and again, and then we have to uh, talk to Lisa Desjardins here. But every now and again, I will come home, and my wife, God bless her, has been all industrious, and she's gone through and cleaned in the kitchen, gone through the cupboards and and sort of the rearranged things, gotten rid of things, and all of my carefully hidden uh, sort of guilt food will be sitting there on the counter when I get home, which is not unlike coming home and just seeing your porn collection sitting on your bed because your girlfriend found it while you were out. So, all right. Thank you, sir. You're my idol. All right, then. Thanks so much. All right. Let's uh, now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill. CNN Radio, Sorry. CNN Radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Hello. One moment. Yes, please. Take your time. All right. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay. You know, I just made a really boneheaded mistake, and I I thought I knew something, and I sent it out, of course, to, you know, this CNN political list that has all the big political people at CNN on it, and I was completely wrong and got called out on it, and so I feel really not so great. Would you, <laughs> would you like a, a smoked bacon Pringle? Yes. That really does make everything better. Well, I'm sorry for that. Um, I, I, I don't want to uh, antagonize the situation by inquiring as to the nature of the mistake. Well, you know, it's just that uh, this whole gas tax battle, I received an email from one of the uh, congressmen's office, George Miller, California, saying, oh, 28 congressmen have signed this statement saying they're against this gas tax holiday. And it's clear, you know, this is Hillary Clinton's plan. So he's getting all these Democrats, 28 Democrats, to say we don't like Hillary Clinton's gas tax holiday. And I looked up to see if each, I suspected that all of those 28 probably supported Barack Obama. So I compared the names to the CNN list. However, I misunderstood how the CNN list worked. And I thought that I was looking by candidate under Barack Obama. But in fact, I was apparently looking by state, which is a whole Uh different thing. And so I, I ended up thinking that these folks were all Obama supporters when three of them are not. That's okay. Really, the number of things about which I am factually incorrect uh, on a daily basis really would just stagger the but imagination. You're not, you're I mean, not a, a news 
reporter. You're not necessarily. I, I, I would, I would say that perhaps your listeners don't expect you to be factually correct. <laughs> and in fact, they would be disappointed if I was ever accurate about anything. This is what I'm saying. Well, this is, a, this is a hit to the gut for me. I don't know, and I feel like it's because I don't actually know most of these people by face. They just see my name over email because I'm in this little closet at the Capitol. So I feel like there's a lot of oh that radio girl. Got to check her facts. Can't trust her. You're gonna feel like a. You're gonna feel like Dexter's sister in the early stages of the ice truck. Uh, ice truck killer hunt. Exactly what I feel. Where like. Detective uh, Laguerta is uh, making you feel silly in front of the entire assembled squad. Yes. All right. I feel. Although uh, she, she actually kind of had it together, and I. Uh, I was. I was actually wrong. Well. I'm sorry. Now I I feel all that I, uh, I feel bad making you plunge on ahead in the no, discussion of actual news today. No, that's okay. It's, it's sort of it's almost like a a weird cyber confessional thing. Bless me, father, kind of idea. So. Well, I'll I'll try to come up with some sort of an appropriate penance uh, okay, by please, the end of this. Please do. All right. I I mean. What are you talk about today. We well, got plenty going on. I was going to say there's a ton. You, first of all, you're not even listed on the prep sheet for CNN today. Oh. Um, no. So oh, I don't. I have to say that actually, it doesn't actually even list what you're talking about today because <laughs> the CNN prep sheet indicates that you, in fact, don't exist. Wow. So, I mean, I know that there that right now in uh, Indiana, North Carolina, I know that the, the exit polling or whatever it is has Barack. I think in Indiana, something I saw today on Drudge said that they, they felt he was up by two in Indiana based on early exit polls. But maybe I'm just making that up. What? I mean, the polls are still open for hours. I don't, I don't know, but I think this was like sort of, you know, don't, don't they do the thing where they sort of ambush people on the way? Like, who did you vote for? They do, actually, right. They're actually in a bush, and they jump out. I mean, where some, where some guy with, you know, like the old Bob Barker microphone sort of leaps out of the foliage <laughs> and, and just says, you there, sir, uh, or whatever. But I know that it is generally accepted uh, that Obama's going to do really well in North Carolina and that Hillary may edge one out in Indiana. Do I have the conventional wisdom correct? She, the polling over the weekend did give Hillary the edge in Indiana. That's right. And it was neck and neck until this weekend, but then she started pulling away in the po in the polling, but not by a lot, maybe four points. That's something that you know, the polls have generally a four or five point margin of error. But they were they were consistently showing her pulling away. Uh, Barack Obama, yeah, he he has led in North Carolina this entire time, but his lead was once twenty points. Now it's more like eight or ten points in the polls. And so, the, what in terms of Hillary Clinton? How do I put this? What needs to happen today for her to, in the opinion of the public at large, for her to continue to be even quasi viable? Wow, um, she she needs to win in one of those two states, most likely Indiana. And I, but I think if she keeps it close, let's say she loses by two points in both states, that would do it as well because she's not expected to do well in North Carolina. But she cannot. Uh, I think if she loses by 10 points in North Carolina and five points in Indiana, that you know that that's cutting off one of her arms right there. She 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 can limp along, but it's going to be very tough for her to survive that ultimately. It's interesting that she does seem to be. Uh, it, the one thing you have to say about the Clintons, and now I sound like every conservative pundit. The one thing you have to give to the Clintons is that they just have this. Quicksilver Jedi ability to reinvent themselves, seemingly day to day, depending on what the situation and the public require. And I do remember early on, some months ago, when there was the first sort of musings and the rattling about whether or not Bill Clinton was 
taken too much of the spotlight and whether he was right. too too omnipresent. And the next day, bam, you know, his role was diminished. In fact, I think the next four appearances, you never even saw that guy on the stage. Now there's, you know, Hillary has somehow figured out that a lot of her strength lies with the sort of working class. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so every time you see her, every time she speaks, every television ad you see, they're aiming right at the working class, um, you know, the, the sort of Johnny Lunchbucket vote uh, in America. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if that does pay off in Indiana, because the, the demographics of Indiana are very that they are such that that's going to. I that's mean, right. that's going to play well there. That's the key. You know, Barack Obama does have very strong appeal to the working class in, let's say, the northwest of Indiana because that's right outside of Chicago, and they relate to him, and they've, they've known about him for a long time. So Gary, Indiana, for example, working class there, very strong for Barack Obama, we, we believe, or he needs them to be, certainly. But then when you go uh, farther south, and honestly, when you go to the more white areas of Indiana, that's where you see Hillary Clinton's support pick up, and, and we've seen that so many other places. But if he can, uh, in order to win Indiana, he's, he's going to have to do very well with the white working class, no question about it. And you know the fact that he's been even with her shows that he definitely has some appeal, but you're right, she's... She hits that note. She knows how to do it. As we uh, get ready to wrap things up, uh, I uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry for whatever uh, awkwardness <laughs> or uh, unpleasantness you may have encountered oh, no, earlier I, on in the day. I feel purified, right. Do you, Lisa Desjardins, have a preferred comfort food? And if so, what is it? And is it hidden somewhere in your house where Jason doesn't know? Ah, uh, You know, I don't want to be all wholesome sounding, but I actually <laughs> kind of like the fruit. I guess popcorn, maybe. You know, I'll tell you, this is, I don't... Really? But this is what I'll say. I can eat an entire box of corn pops in one sitting. Okay. Now, you can, but is that a thing you do? Please tell me that your comfort food isn't really like grapes. Um, let's see. Okay. Because if you do, that's just every single person in the audience, and I would say every woman in the audience right now is rolling their eyes and shaking the radio. I know what it is. I know what it is. And I do have these in my house, and I had this as a snack last night. So it's legit. Um, it, It is actually oodles of noodles raw. Well, okay. Fair Which enough. I, I know it's weird, but it's, I'm telling you, it's like just, a little, it's a delightful, very cheap. It's because I'm really frugal and I find it delicious. I'm just saying that when you say that your comfort food is like fruit and or popcorn, that reminds me of, I, I knew somebody who went to like one of those like, not an overeating thing, but one of those like healthy eating seminars where you sort of learn to deal with, uh, you know, your food uh, cravings, which are maybe not good for you. Right. And at one point, one of the guys in the room said something like, well, he was trying to make this whole confession like, well, I just, you know, I have this real problem with maple bars and I, I they're really a weakness of mine. And, you know, sometimes I'll just go to the store. And he was telling this whole, you know, and he's a big guy. And he's sort of, well, I go to the store sometimes and sometimes I'll just buy a a five-pack of maple bars, and I go home, and I eat them all, and then I feel terrible. And this sort of, like, sort of hippie waif girl who was at the meeting for reasons that nobody really understood, she actually raised she goes, what's a maple bar? And the guy, you could tell, just wanted to go across the room and actually consume her soul right there, so... All right. I'm telling you, and they're they're not good for you, oodles of noodles, really. They're not. Let me just end the, the call by... Over that. All right. Are you on the clock tomorrow, despite whatever the prep sheet might say? I'm. I am not on the clock tomorrow, 
or Thursday, but I will be able to tell you Friday about the CNN Leadership Summit, which I will be attending for the next two days in Atlanta. Please tell me this is going to involve something where you stand on a chair in the middle of the room and then Ed McCarthy has to catch you when you fall backward. I surely, surely hope so. I don't know. I know they definitely, we had to submit questions. They were supposed to be harsh questions for CNN executives um, in YouTube format. Really? Which is really odd because we're all going to be sitting in that room. <laughs> because you'll be right there. Yes. All right. So so I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. All right. We'll talk to you on uh, Friday then. On Friday. Thank you, Lisa. All right. There you go. CNN radio correspondent Lisa. All right. Fantastic. Man, I, she just makes me feel dirty. What did you She's what, like, what's, what's your what's your bitch food? Fruit. <laughs> fruit and sometimes popcorn. Wow. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, on the uh, uh, snack food subject. Uh, yes, sir. I was perusing Costco yesterday, and uh, I, I love kettle chips, and kettle chips there are dirt cheap. I got a gigantic bag for like three and a half bucks. Where do you come down to the big kettle chips, Tim's chips question? Well, I guess it's kettle chips for you. Kettle chips, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. What is your uh, preferred flavor? Uh, I like the uh, the uh, New York cheddar. The I think there's a jalapeno and uh, the lightly salted, all three of those. No, wait, hold on. Let's back up. Is there a jalapeno kettle chip? Because it, the reason I ask is that's the reason that I usually go with the Tim's because I'm a big fan of the jalapeno, and I didn't think there was a jalapeno I, kettle chip. I think I'm calling it the wrong name, but there's one that's... There's the green one that's yogurt and chive. No, that's not it. There's there's one that was spicy that I really liked, but I can't for the life of me remember. All right. You know, those New York cheddar that come in the yellow bag, those are really good. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one other thing, comfort yes. food, uh, uh -huh. also Costco, that I, I, I can eat a, literally half a box is uh, Costco's Bakery Chocolate Chunk Cookies. Oh. You put three of those in the microwave for 15 seconds. Oh. <laughs> Let me just, and, you know, and here's the other thing is I live near a convenience store, and so yeah. occasionally, and it's and I really do sound like I've got some sort of a problem with this because it's always when Lara's asleep, you know, because she goes to bed, she gets up at 5 in the morning, so she goes to bed way earlier than I do, so I'm just left to my own devices. What are you doing out there? Nothing, I'm... Uh, I'm making a piece of dry toast, honey. And then really I'm sneaking out the you know the door to go because there's this convenience store down the street that has those famous Amos uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And really, those famous Amos cookies, I mean, I can go through about 70 or 80 of those, it seems like, in about 30 seconds. I mean, it's yeah. altogether embarrassing. All right. I, I, I'll eat them for dinner. There you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. All right. And by the way, this is how men behave when there are no women around. Like, you're gone, you're out of town, you're visiting your mother. This is why I love living alone. Nobody knows my secret shames. What do you, well, you have the comfort food? You know my comfort food. Well, it's it's easy, Mac. Yeah, it's macaroni and cheese. I don't think that counts as a comfort food if you have it every day. <laughs> Unless you I'm always need comfort. <laughs> Unless you're in the midst of some ongoing breakdown. That's the saddest thing ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to deny myself life's little pleasures. Okay. If I want to have my little vice and have an easy Mac, then I'm going to do it. No one's accusing you of anything, Sarah. I think someone's being a little defensive. <laughs> and I love Morningstar corn dogs. You know, but that's like a that's like a Lisa Desjardins thing. What is your comfort food? Well, it's a Morning Star corn dog made of soy and goodness. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's uh, Kyle. Uh, my comfort food is those Costco truffles. You mean the chocolate the, the chocolate dip things? Oh yes. yes. <laughs> the funny thing is, everybody makes that noise every single call about this. The guy got oh afterwards. It's like Richie draining some area of his body. Um, <laughs> Costco. Here's the worst. The worst confluence though is when. You discover that something, uh, a food, and I know this all sounds really girly, but I mean, look, we all, let's just be honest, it, it applies to us all. Um, the worst of all worlds, though, is when you discover that the food, it, it, like when your you're guilt food or comfort food or whatever, whatever it is you want to call it, your shame food, when you discover that your shame food is carried at Costco, because then it's A, 
inexpensive, so you can tell yourself, well, it's really a bargain. I uh, I really need to buy this giant size because that's I'm saving money. Really, the more I buy, I can't afford not to buy it. And then, and then you know, and it, it comes down like a, like a thousand account thing. I remember at one point I went through this phase some years back, and it really was a phase, thank God, because I'm not much of a candy eater. But I went through this phase where I was really into those tiny little individually wrapped Reese's peanut butter cup things. And I remember somebody pointed out that at Costco you could buy a tub of 500 of those, <laughs> literally for like $4.99. And so for 4.99, I would buy 500 individually. And then, of course, you cut to later in the evening, and it's like me, Jabba the Hutt style, on the couch just covered in tiny foil wrappers going, oh, I'm just so full. Oh, you don't make a foil ball out of them? No. No, uh, I just make a chocolate ball and put it in my stomach. At my house, I have two uh, I have two gumball machines. One's uh, regular M and M's. One's peanut butter M uh, peanut M and M's. God bless you. You're a good American, sir. Thank you. Right. Oh, uh, the reason why I'm calling that uh, <laughs> yes. uh, state troopers are uh, are uh, cracking down on anybody going five miles an hour over the speed limit. Just uh, they're hoping to get about nine million dollars in revenue uh, within the next couple of months. So all those uh, couriers out there, just watch out for. Uh, Watch out for the super troopers out there. Tax dollars at work. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I'm glad we can all feel shame together. Hello. Hi, Rick. How hey, are you? Hey, what's up? Um, I know this sounds silly, but my comfort food is mashed potatoes and gravy. Well, I mean, gravy is the most American of foods. Yeah. It really it's is. It's just the best. I mean, what is this? Well, it's a lot of starch and fat that you put on top of other starch and fat. You know? Exactly. No, but it's... it's so good, especially when it's cold outside, you know. Man, mashed potatoes and gravy, it's like, ugh. It really, I had a, my, I had a great-grandfather who, I, it's just <laughs> one of those things where you did suspect that he just wanted to be able to hook up some sort of an IV bottle and just, you know, shove turkey gravy into his veins directly. So, All right, thank you. Hey, Rick, somebody was kind enough to thank send so me. Yes? <laughs> send me the, um, the test to see if you're a compulsive overeater from Overeaters Anonymous. Who was this person that was nice enough to send it to you, as if I didn't know it was Aaron? No, no, it's Michael Kaiser. Really? Thank you, Michael. Kaiser. 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 Why don't we just, can we just go through a couple of them? Just Only if Tim does it, too. I absolutely require that Tim take this test along with us. Tim, what am I doing? You're He's going to make you feel more shame. You're taking a test with Sarah and I to see if you're a compulsive overeater. Okay, I'll do it. All okay. right. Do you eat when you're not hungry and hide food? Yes. Do not. Do you Sarah? go on eating? No. Okay. Do you go on eating binges for no apparent reason? No. Well, what do you mean for no apparent reason? That's I call. <laughs> I demand clarification on that. What do you mean for no apparent reason? You eat food just because it's there. Somebody leaves a can of Pringles out yes. in front of your door. Okay. Do you have feelings of guilt and remorse after overeating? I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate you with a fiery passion that can't even. Okay, yes. 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 No. Do you give too much time and thought to food? Well, no, probably not. I mean, because I don't, like, I don't sit and, like, fantasize about food when it's not in front of me, so no. I think you do. I don't. Do you look forward with pleasure and anticipation to the time when you can eat alone? Yes. No. <laughs> do you plan these secret binges ahead of time? Yes. No. Do you eat sensibly before others and make up for it alone? Yes. No. I totally do. I do all of these things. Is I do. Your, is your weight affecting the way you live your life? Yes. Now wait. Let's back up for a second. This, the, you know, look. Since we're just gonna, since I was running out of things to talk to my shrink about when I go next month. You shut up. 
Um, oh, that's finally coming up. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Not nearly soon enough, Tim. Um, can I just tell you that Lara eats very healthily? She's like a born-again, you know, vegan whatever. Uh, so she just, you know, and, 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 and so she she eats very well. And she makes, she started making like for the last year or so, she makes everything from scratch. And she makes like all these like really healthy homemade meals. And so what do I do? I eat just enough of that to placate her. And I'm like, all right, you should go to bed now, honey. And then like out comes the, out comes the cereal. All right. Have fine. you ever tried to diet for a week or longer only to fall short of your goal? What do you think? Yes. Do you resent others telling you to use a little willpower to stop overeating? <laughs> yes, I do, Sarah. Thanks so much. Despite evidence to the contrary, have you continued to assert that you can diet on your own whenever you wish? Well, I don't think I've ever made that claim. To be fair, I don't think I ever I don't think I've ever made any, made any assertion that I have willpower at all. Do you eat to escape from worries or trouble? Yes, I do, Sarah. Have you ever been treated for obesity or a food related condition? Uh no. No, I've resisted all such treatments. Does your eating behavior make you unhappy? <laughs> I noticed, by the way, that some other people in this room quit answering questions <laughs> as we went through the test. We don't want to make you feel bad. Suddenly, I was the only person answering aloud. Yes, okay. That's all of them. How many? Uh, how many? How many yes answers indicate that I might have a problem? I think like three or more. Okay. How many? Do you Eleven. Do you... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I have enough eating problems for all of us. <laughs> well, that's great. Fantastic. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Michael. It's more of that audience love we were talking about. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. We'll be back after this. You stay right there. <laughs> Emerson Radio Program. Apparently it smells like bacon in here now, but I can't tell. Tim, does it smell like bacon to you? Not yet. All right. Susan Reynolds came down to the theater in the break, and I, I opened the door, and she kind of did it waving her hand in front of her face, and she goes, what smells like bacon? I think the answer to that is me. Uh, it's 503-733-2970, because I may, I apparently may be on my way to having a compulsive overeating problem. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. This is your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And it's Plaid Pantry workers accused of robbing Plaid Pantry. Under arrest, 29-year-old Kerry Kimmel. Apparently, this man is accused of robbing four Plaid Pantry convenience stores at night point since April 18th. He was arrested over the weekend and charged with robbery and assault as bail set at a million dollars. The police bureau says Kerry Kimmel recently lost his job at the Plaid Pantry and told the detective he chose to rob the stores because he was familiar how they operated. Kimmel told an officer he committed the crimes because he was desperate. All the robberies occurred at Portland stores. Uh, police reports suggest hazing of younger teammates is a common practice at Malala High School, not an isolated incident. Uh, prosecutors believe there are other victims too afraid to come forward. One player told detectives hazing involving the touching of private parts is a long-standing game at Malala High School. Meanwhile, police have arrested a prominent Oregon businessman and a prostitution sting. 
Douglas Hart of Tualatin is the president of Oregon Pacific, a multi-million dollar building, building supply company in Wilsonville that has branches in seven states. Lincoln police set up this thing after they saw Craigslist advertisements for prostitutes in the tiny Oregon coastal town. And the first customer was Hart. They didn't want to speak on camera because, well, this is embarrassing. He's married and has two teenage sons. Wait, so he was placing an ad looking for prostitutes? No, no, no. He was answering an ad for prostitutes in Craigslist. That's where you find them nowadays. I guess. Yeah. Where does it, in what town? Uh, Lincoln City. Uh, Lincoln City's a tiny community. Yeah. You would think you would, I mean, isn't there some sort of a 50-mile rule anyway? I mean, if you're going to get to get a horse? So it seems like I would imagine so. Seems yeah. like Lincoln City is maybe not the place to be to be doing that. Oh, well, Lincoln City's getting bigger and bigger every day, though. It's pretty. It, it's More getting a bit skankier. <laughs> and then the whores come. Um, but it, it also seems like what did he ran? What, what did he do? He was some. He uh, runs a business. Or he is president of Oregon Pacific, a multi-million-dollar building supply company. If you're the president of a multi-million-dollar company, he donates money to doorbackers and other charities and to hookers. Well-respected uh, and a pillar of the community. Allegedly, a uh, pillar, really? Yes. Would you say he's a? Uh, wait, what's like a pillar? But no, I can't think. I'm trying to think of something that's like a pillar. Would you say he's? Wait, hold on. Would you say Tim that he's an upstanding member of the community? I would say so. Yes. Would you say that he's a? Uh, no, I've got. Which I can't. I've, I've got nothing. What are you trying to do? Nothing, Sarah. I'm not trying to work blue. I'm not trying to use double entendres oh. in any way. I'm saying, would you say that he's a proud and upright member of the community? Yes. <laughs> That's really more of a single entendre. I'm sorry. Um. Well, in any event, uh, I guess my only question would be, what is the point of running a multi-million-dollar company if you still have to pay some girl to have sex with you, allegedly? I mean, in the whole point of becoming massively rich and famous, so that girls just throw themselves at you. What is the point of a girl throwing herself at you if she's got, like, some price tag dangling off one of her ears, mini pearl style? Maybe the best ones are to be found in Lincoln City, for all we know. I think the best of anything, except for saltwater taffy, isn't likely to be found in Lincoln City. There's not, The best of nothing is found in Lincoln City. So, well, all I right. that, that this fellow learned that. Well, allegedly, Tim. Allegedly. We don't know that. He hasn't been convicted by a jury of his peers. No, he's just been charged. Yes. For misdemeanor prostitution. An upright member of the community. Yes. Well, a Christian man was very surprised when a thief siphoned uh, gas from his truck. Cecil Smith says his trucks are an easy target for thieves because gas prices are, are going up, and he doesn't have a locking gas cap. They have to do something. They need the fuel to get to work, take their children to the babysitter, or whatever they need. Please recommend investing in a locking gas cap like they have down in California. You know, I, you know what's strange is that I see a lot of cars now that don't have locking gas caps, and it sort of seems like... That was a thing that we all got in the 70s, and then they had them in California. But then as a nation, we just sort of relaxed about 15 years ago. Well, I'm glad that's over. Glad no one's going to be stealing from me. One must be ever vigilant these days. Oh, no, I am. No, both of my vehicles have, have locking. I specifically requested that. Because, like, well, uh, is there anything else you need? And I said, locking gas cap. And he said, well, the guy actually, when so I bought... they can steal the truck. They just can't get into the gas <laughs> The gas is nice and safe in the vehicle that they're driving away out of out of my uh, driveway. <laughs> At least they don't have to worry about their gas being siphoned and they're stealing your truck. <laughs> they can steal the truck. They just can't put any more gas in it. Uh, but well, that is a good thing, I suppose. So it's usually found quickly. Isn't I, had, it? <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, so uh, maybe I should get some sort of a locking truck instead of a locking gas cap. Um, but when I bought my car, the guy actually made. He actually said this. He goes, "Well, we don't really have that problem here in Oregon," which is a lie. Which is a, a total lie. 
Um, clearly, we have that problem everywhere. So, yeah, both of my vehicles have a lock-in gas cap, but I do remember my dad in the 70s going out, they're taking a weekend and putting locking uh, cap mechanisms on all the vehicles because there were all these stories about you come out and there's your next-door neighbor down on all fours with a hose siphoning all your gas into some sort of a tub running away with it. So, so beware, thieves are omnipresent. It doesn't have to be in Gresham now, does it? No, no, it does not, Tim. Well, here's somebody we really don't want to come here, and we're probably powerless to stop him. Ralph Nader is coming to town. Hooray. When? Why? Uh, let's see here. Uh, he's uh, running for president. Next week, he uh, makes his uh, 2008 campaign visit as part of a six-city West Coast tour. It doesn't say which day, but he's going to be here next week. You know, the 2000, um, the 2000 election was sort of his jagged little pill, and everything since then has just been little noticed and not really paid attention to. Because I saw him twice. First time was at, I think, Memorial Coliseum, and I think the second time was someplace, was like one of the amphitheaters at Lewis and Clark. Uh, and I, where does it say where he's going to be at? Uh, no. No. <laughs> it's going to be Very like... Very few facts are included in this It's going to be like a touring ska band where he's just in some dude's living room. She's going to be at home, crashed out in some guy's basement. Um, yeah, but I think people are... And you know, the sad thing about it is he's one of the smartest guys like in the history of, of smart guys. I mean, he's a blindingly intelligent guy uh, and really has done a lot for America. I would say, actually, he's a true hero in some ways in America, but unfortunately, none of that will be remembered now. This is all he's going to be remembered for, is a guy who just didn't know when to, uh, you know, to let it go. And by the way, if he's only doing six campaign stops, so-called, on the West Coast, and this is really his, his heartland. I mean, this is, this is really the hub of the Ralph Nader campaign. If he can only find six cities here that will even accommodate him, uh, that, does not, uh, that does not bode well. Although I will say that I, I think I got a press release or something from his people a few weeks ago asking if we'd like to talk, not to him, but whoever his number two is, whoever his vice presidential candidate I'm is. I'm sorry, we already booked Cooter. <laughs> That's the other thing. I got. Did you have that? I the, did. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard Cooter guy? Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Hold on. Maybe he could be like a special correspondent. Like CNN has a team of experts. <laughs> Cooter can be our correspondent. Yes. Cooter. Um, uh, let's see. This is from, uh, let's see, interview opportunity. Wednesday, June 4th. 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Hard Scrabble Life of Cooter. Ben Jones, author of Redneck Boy in the Promised Land. Was that a, a million seller on the New York Times bestseller? Uh, bestseller, C-E-L-L-A-R. Uh, time to jumpstart, lots of exclamation marks on this, in all caps. Time to jumpstart the General Lee, says this PR announcement. It's Cooter from the Dukes of Hazard. Millions of people know Ben Jones from his... He never his... drove the General Lee. Why no. would he, we be jump-starting it for him? He drove a tow truck. That's what I thought. From his memorable role in the television classic The Dukes of Hazard, as well as his career in the United States Congress. What kind of country do we live in? I don't know anything about his career in the U.S. Congress. No one does. Has he ever been mentioned? Tim, but many... Many. Many, <laughs> many are aware of Crazy Cooter's unbelievable tales of his adventurous past. It does have the word hard scrabble. I thought you were making that up. I just made it up. Were you just guessing? Yes. It does say hard scrabble. Well, if if this client was like at the top of my client's list, I would probably spit out these generalities too. What else do you think it says? What let me ask you this. So it's Cooter from the Dukes of Hazard. He pulled himself up by the bootstraps and blah 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 blah. <laughs> he used to skip stones in the pond and pluck a guitar and churn butter on the front porch. Yes. Take his mama to the doctor in, in the buggy with a, a, a horse with a sombrero on. 
because the lazy mule just <laughs> couldn't be bothered. Check and check. See, I could run this PR <laughs> you company. You really could. He's probably their best client. Um, let's see. Redneck Boy in the Promised Land, subtitle. We can't pay our office rent. <laughs> well, get, get some bookings for Cooter. <laughs> and try to find some clients during your lunch hour. But all we have is Cooter. <laughs> we'll make the most of it. <laughs> the Confessions of Crazy Cooter. Sounds like a porn film, mm -hmm. doesn't it? <laughs> Jenna Jameson in the Confessions of Crazy Cooter. Okay. You, Tim, you've been dumped. Was that too much? Tim gets dumped more than any. <laughs> well, I was just making observations. Uh, we're no morning show, Tim. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, <laughs> crazy Cooter is filled with stories. I hear Crazy Cooter is filled with stories. Is it ever? Anecdotes and opinions about Joan's experience growing up in the hard scrabble south that's what i thought <laughs> about the rambunctious 60s of which he undoubtedly takes a dim view about alcoholism and addiction show business politics congress and about wait for it a good old boy's struggle against himself i don't even know what that means this story about failure and redemption love and loss yeah, and <laughs> And wait for it. And spiritual growth tells Joan's incredible journey to become. Tim, I know you'll you'll appreciate as a man who's worked in the industry for a long time. I know you'll appreciate this. Tells Ben Cooter Jones's incredible journey to become the accomplished and respected entertainment <laughs> and political figure he is recognized as today. <laughs> Can't, can't you see this guy turning into his intern? Take yes. a look at this. Do you really believe I wrote this? Yeah, Jesus. put it out there. It gets so much worse. As Jones writes, not many congressmen grew up in shacks with indoor, uh, without indoor plumbing with rats scurrying around. I think Abe Lincoln did. <laughs> uh, of course, he mentions that he was involved in the civil with rights rats. movement. He was. I was. <laughs> he was with, with Martin Luther King. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh my God! Oh God! Do you know what? Okay, here, Ben Cooter Jones from the Dukes of Hazard. You know, you know what else he did, Tim? He claims to have lived, uh, lived at one point as a gigolo. <laughs> Imagine if Cooter from the Dukes of Hazard was your gigolo. I think I would call up and demand my money back immediately. Cancel! I'm canceling this chat. It's probably advertising services on Craigslist. Oh, Jesus! He was a gigolo. He claims to have demonstrated in Tiananmen Square. Claims to have taken a pickaxe to the Berlin Wall. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. You can I... make up anything, really. <laughs> and now living in Virginia, he owns and operates with his wife, Cooter's Place. A living museum of sorts of memorabilia. All right. And then there's the contact info. Well, I'll set that aside, Regine. We'll give that some consideration. Jeez. Hi, honey. Let's go to Cooter's Place tonight. We just went last night. You could use all those claims in your introduction at the listener party. I part. should. I should totally claim to have marched with Martin Luther King. A hard and Tim can with, say what he said. With rats running around. No, no, no. I demonstrated in Tiananmen Square. I took an axe to the Berlin Wall and, and knocked it down single-handedly. Jesus. Mr. Cooter, tear down this wall. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, let's talk about some real politicians, shall we? Like uh, Hillary Clinton... 
She was on uh, Letterman last night doing the top ten list, giving the top ten reasons why Hillary Clinton loves America. Mm. Number eight. Thanks to the Internet, I can order new pantsuits 24-7. There's your pantsuits. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Senator. Thank you so very much. Here's another one. Number three. Where else can you get a car painted for twenty nine ninety five? Exactly. That's right. Here's another one. The number one reason Hillary Clinton loves America. Here you go. Apparently, anyone can get a talk show. That's right. All right. Now, sometimes you get an email that just sums it all up. So this e- email subject line is "Crazy Cooter e- equals idiot." Rick, if I hear if uh, if you put your ear up to Crazy Cooter, you can hear boring, pointless stories echoing out of him. Anyway, the only place Cooter is admired and respected is at a country fair when he introduces Ario Speedwagon. Um, anyway, people would probably just run up and punch him in the gut, otherwise mistaking him for their alcoholic father. You know, the funny thing is. I can't. I don't even really know what he looks like because I only can picture him, like with all the the beard growth and then like that filling station hat like jammed down on his head. Yeah. So, all right. Let's do a quick rundown. Where is everybody else from the Dukes of Hazard? Uncle Jesse's dead. Waylon Jennings dead. Crazy Cooter, American icon apparently. Yes. Um. John Schneider, who was um. He's on Smallville. Yeah, and then uh, the other one, Tom Wolpat. He, he was, was here recently on stage. He was touring in something, wasn't yeah. he? What he was, was he here touring in? He was here on a show. I can't remember what the show was. Was it Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Was it? it I think it might have been. Yeah, it and was then, And then Catherine Bach, or Barbara Bach, one of the Bach sisters. She's doing something or other. I saw a picture of her recently, and she doesn't look the same. <laughs> That's a charitable way to put it. <laughs> Things have changed. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. The proportions are a bit out of whack. <laughs> if one wants to reminisce. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, went on his own, own um, space page and posted a video outlining the reasons why he's supporting uh, Barack Obama. He has the integrity and the inspiration to unify us, as did FDR and Harry Truman and John F. Kennedy and even Ronald Reagan when they ran for the job. And he says something else. Hello, I'm Tom Hanks. And I want Barack Obama to be the next president of our country. As official celebrity, I know my endorsement has just made your mind up for you. Oh, my God. Okay. He was being facetious. I think that's ironic Yeah, that didn't humor. really carry I well. Think it's, <laughs> I think it's irony. I think you had to see it. Here's the bodeful for you, Tommy. Here's the thing, about, um, the thing about Barack Obama. Somebody made this observation. Well, I asked Bob Costantini about this, see if I can make him feel uncomfortable. That Somebody noted that Hillary's making all of these inroads with, uh, with sort of working class folks and with uh, lower income folks and, let's just say, it, the less educated. Um and I think that's just a, a statistical fact at this point. But Barack is doing himself no favors because, as somebody pointed out, Barack Obama goes to all these places where everybody's unemployed, and he just, like, he, I don't know, he stands on top of a tree stump or something and says, what we need is the audacity of hope. And everybody is just kind of going, I, I don't have a job. Hello? I, I, I can't afford any food. And he's, we are at the precipice of a golden time in America. When the heavenly hosts and hosannas will descend... I mean, there's a guy going, I'm wearing Kleenex boxes for shoes. I, I'd like a job. You know, and that's... that. He's just sort of speaking in these weird generalities that I think play really well if you have a lot of money already. But I think perhaps if you're on the brink of living outside in a box, uh, maybe Barack Obama's message doesn't really resonate with you. So I'm sure it works well for Tom Hanks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. The election is tonight. And, of course, we'll have uh, coverage as it becomes available. Yes, we will, Tim Riley.
no news bot could do that. No, no, of course not. Mm-hmm. No, no news bot could possibly muster that. Just to make sure, I'm going to unplug it anyway before I leave. <laughs> did you see the picture of the news bot? I did. There's. It has a lung cord. If you go, if you go to nine, they want, it'd be a shame if somebody kicked the, that news bot's cord right out of the wall. If you go to 970.am, I do believe that Bridget has posted uh, a photo of AM970's newest staff member. Gets more room than I do. <laughs> we were going to have it standing in front of the Hollywood Theater last week, but we we couldn't get it. It was too heavy. We couldn't get it out of the crate. Um, if you go to 970.am, I think down on the left-hand side, there's a picture of the of Newsbot 75. Yeah, handsome fellow. <laughs> Newsbot 75. Well, his proportions are perfect. That's true. Uh, Newsbot 7521. Here's Tim Riley. Well, one of the latest advances in pet care can answer the common question, what breed is my dog? A new comprehensive DNA test based for mixed breed dogs can detect what under 34 breeds that might be in your pooch. Dr. Neil Fretwell says this offer gives you new insight into what your dog is really made out of. Understanding the breed makeup of dogs may not only satisfy curiosity, but can also open new windows for veterinarians and dog owners to better understand their pets. In particular why dogs may display certain behavioral or physical characteristics. Does it really, does that story really say they're going to tell you exactly what's in your pooch? Uh-huh. Well, okay. I kind of had moved my way through that. For more information, visit whatsmydog.com. It's not whatsinmypooch.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I were I were Cooter and Pooch, and this is the morning show. All right, here's Tim Riley. A 15-year-old student at Crosslin High School in Prince George County, that's in Maryland, is in hot water. The team brought in a bottle bomb. They brought it into his bus stop first. They say it didn't explode there, so he brought it onto the school grounds. It was made bigger than what it was. It was creepy, though, because we thought it was an actual bomb, and the school was going to blow up in our face. Uh, apparently, by the way, John Schneider is no longer on Smallville. I guess he started demanding more money, uh, and then he forgot that in many, many versions of Superman, Pa Kent doesn't live to see the boy make it to Metropolis, so the writers just killed him. So, uh, in no, your face, true. John Schneider. Because that's usually when Clark goes to Metropolis after your dad dies on the farm. Totally. I need more money! <clears throat> Dead. He has a heart attack in the wheat field. <laughs> and he learns not to be so uppity. All right. Here's Tim Riley. What was I doing? I have no idea. Well, let's talk about the uh, higher rent of living in New York City. Some of the more one million New Yorkers who live in rent-stabilized apartments are unhappy with the Rent Guidelines Board to hike up their rents. Some New Yorkers say the cost of living is going up, but their salaries are not. I teach high school and also college. I'm a college professor, and we're thinking that at some point the rent might get so high we might have to move out. What, who is that? And about what is he speaking? Uh, New York. The rents keep going up. All right. It didn't sound like his teeth were touching at any point during that soundbite. There is no justice with working class families. The middle class is totally shrinking in this city. It's either a little, little pocket of housing for the poor, and then everything else is for the rich. And it's just not fair. It's really, it's really aggravating. You know what? They Life need is to, not supposed to be fair. They need more of the audacity of hope, Tim. That'll make everything better. I think so. Yes. Uh, terrified passengers claims their plane had to dodge another jet. By suddenly climbing 10,000 feet because their pilot was showing off to a little boy in the cockpit. Uh, the pilot of the flight to Paris suddenly pitched left at 33,000 feet, and the crew allegedly announced that the Airbus, with 143 passengers, had gotten too close to another plane. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Sean Robinson of, uh, of uh, Britain said the jet 
rock and roll like a fairgrounds ride, and terrified passengers were saying prayers out loud and children cried. He claimed the pilot was clearly showing off to a little boy. The drama began with the Airbus, and the crew of six left Manchester for Paris and started its descent into the French capital. <coughs> Passengers say they could see the uh, pilot making movements to the left, and the aircraft banked suddenly to the left, then a pitch to the right, as they watched the boy return to his seat. Billy, do you like to listen to Blood Rock? The passengers said they heard alarms coming from the cockpit. <laughs> uh, someone named uh, Mrs. Robinson said, Suddenly the pilot made a sharp turn to the left without warning and then back again, showing the young French boy how to fly the plane. Gas could be heard throughout the rest of the cabin. <laughs> Moments later, the pilot threw his plane into a deep climb. We could hear alarms ringing. The crew members uh, sitting in front of me, one male, one female, had terror written across their faces and were gripping their chairs. After climbing rapidly by another 10,000 feet, the pilot told us he was far too close to the plane in front of him, so he was urgently told to climb, climb, climb. The young boy shouldn't have been allowed in the cockpit in the first place, yes, but he had a big smile on his face when he came out. <laughs> the steward ruffled his hair and took him back to his seat. <laughs> oh, kids and their silly death games. I think it was restless. The pilot shouldn't have done that. They took a boy up there, and they haven't supposed to be doing that since uh, 9 11. Oh, no more boys in the cockpit since 9 11, apparently. No more boys in the cockpit, indeed, Tim. Hi, you're listening to Cooter and Pooch. Uh, when you are on a plane and it starts to go, it's sort of veering back and forth, or it's listing, or there's a lot of turbulence. Do you ever watch the stewardess, though, to see if you should be panicked? That's the person that I always stare at. Because I figure there's no amount of training that's going to keep them from just soiling themselves. And that's the worst to go thing bad. when you see them walk to the back and they strap and they themselves strap in. Themselves I'm like, in. oh, God, we should die. They sit down, like, in that little, those little seats right by the kitchen. The most uncomfortable seats I've ever seen. Yeah. And they just, they sit back down by that thing that by the you know by the bathrooms and the and and the gallery or whatever the galley whatever that kitchen thing is and then they belt themselves in, and that's when you just that's when you start to think to yourself well okay this is this this may finally be it as long as the stewardesses are not seat belted as long as they're walking around uh, on the plane I sort of figure that everything is fine they're the they're the kind of canaries in the coal mine as far as that goes all right let's do well, one more we'll take a break God it's twelve thirty already it is a federal judge has ordered a sixty three thousand dollar fine against four people who claimed to be members of an Indian tribe of eastern Utah. The man who organized a fast food restaurant and said that they have hundreds of tribal members refused to uh, recognize state and federal laws. They issued their own driver's licenses and filed countless lawsuits against Utah for ignoring their uh, purported sovereignty. On Monday, a judge ordered the men to stop pretending to be Indians and pay damages. They called their tribe a complete sham. <laughs> really? They called themselves the Wolfenog Nation... However, the Wolfenog Nation lives in Massachusetts and greeted the Pilgrims back in 1620. There haven't been any Wolfenogs around in a long time. Well, maybe they're franchising it. Maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like the Drifters. There's just several different groups kind of playing in different parts of the country. So uh, apparently there have been uh, plenty of lawsuits, so they've been told to take off their headdresses and, and start behaving in a rational manner. <laughs> start acting normally, for God's sake. All right, let's take a break. We'll back after this. Uh, still to come today, CNN Radio Correspondents James Roop and Bob Costantini. More from Tim Riley around the corner. More about Rick Emerson. Listener Party 11 coming up as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Rick 
Carson radio program. It says about your food issues. You know, Rick, you have the keys to a radio show that lets you discuss any of the day's relevant and important topics. How many hours do you spend each month discussing food? Many. Anyway, all right, thank you. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Cameron Diaz has given up research for Mr. Wright. Good. Yes, there's someone for everyone. Can suicide be far behind? There may be someone for everyone except for Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> She's given up the search for the perfect man. For her, that person doesn't exist. Excellent. The blonde beauty has dated a string of eligible men over the years, including Matt Dillon, Jared Leto, and Justin Timberlake. But the 35-year-old is yet to find the perfect mate to settle down with. And she has been forced to admit... She will never find a man to spend the rest of her life with. <laughs> she will draw, die, die barren and alone. You're always told he has to look like this, and this is how he exists in all the storybooks. But it doesn't come in all those packages. <laughs> and people are not always what they seem to be. She was really much. a big fairy tale. I was a big fairy tale girl when I was growing up, but now things are just hopeless. How old? <laughs> how old is she? It says here 35. No, that's not true. That's too early to give up. No, it's not. I'd suggest giving up now, Sarah. Oh, that's, thanks, Rick. That's what I would recommend. Maybe not for you. I'm just saying for others. So, hey, Tim, who's the sadness brought to you by? Oh, I almost forgot our good friends. Uh, today's visit is made possible by our good friends at uh, Fox 12. The afternoon's biggest stories, news at 4, live and local on the scene. First with breaking news, covering stories you'll see only on Fox 12. When you want the whole story without the wait, the 4 o'clock news on Fox 12 Oregon. First, live and local in the afternoon. So let me understand this. So, so Cameron, this is Cameron Diaz, not Gwyneth Paltrow? Cameron Diaz, the one with the stretched out mouth? <laughs> that would be Cameron Diaz. Yeah. She looks like she the Joker. Like the longest mouth in the world. <laughs> no, that's her without lipstick. Can you imagine if she wore lipstick? <laughs> she would look like the Joker. <laughs> somebody, okay, somebody now please be taking Cameron Diaz and photoshopping her to the Joker. Please just to apply some Oh, I'm some sure makeup. it's been done many times before. She has that creepy Joker mouth. Well, she's got, it's like a mouth like a deflated football. I mean, it's huge. Um, so, it, you know what, you know who else had that mouth is Leona Helmsley. Leona Helmsley had the same sort of like, ah, kind of mouth going on. Um, so, to, to whom did she give this interview? It doesn't really say. <laughs> Was she just sitting there? Is this just something? <laughs> Sadly crying in here. <laughs> to passers-by. How are you? I'm alone and bitter. Uh, so, well, maybe she needs to be introduced to Cooter. <laughs> How do you mean? Oh, you mean? Yes. Oh, you mean Ben Jones? <laughs> yes. I thought you. I thought you meant that perhaps she was playing the wrong side of the field. Oh no. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. Um, she's on TRL this evening. All right. Does TRL still exist? Well, I guess it must. Yes. Is TRL now just like a 15-minute program? I can't imagine that, I think so. that today's kids have they the show attention like 10 span. 10 seconds that, of a video. I mean, it, it really is like, it, it, it's like watching a program on Fast Forward. There you go, right? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. It didn't take you long to find that. Those are not her breasts, by the way. Those are fake. Yeah, totally. Um, They're borrowed. So, anyway... Well, I, you're not going to get any sympathy from anybody by by being the the woman who boned Justin Timberlake and Jared Leto. That's not the way to get. You know what I mean? There's there's going to be no sympathy hat. So, well, all right. Maybe she should become uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s maid. <laughs> I do like the idea that that she gave that uh, that whole speech just to no one though. 
that it just sort of appeared everywhere. That lets you know. She was hoping it's a cry for help. <laughs> really? Won't someone please have sex with me? Uh, and I guess that's one of those things, as we so often say now, that happens in the age of the Internet where there are no publicists around. You know, where like your PR person can't sort of... Because don't you think Maybe that... she needs to put an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> we, should put it, we should put an ad on Craigslist for her. Yeah, we should. Let's put an ad on Craigslist to try to find Cameron Diaz a date. Um, Meet me in Lincoln City under the boardwalk. <laughs> um, I mean, don't you sort of figure that the theoretical job of a PR person is to... They're kind of like a secret service agent, you know what I mean? Their sort of their job is to leap in front of you and take the bullet. So if they see uh, the assassin wielding a gun and it's fired at you, they're supposed to sort of, you know, no, and kind of jump in front of it. And that's that is sort of I think is what has traditionally happened with PR people where the, the, the celebrity opens her mouth to say something retarded and the PR person, no, and blocks it and then takes the camera and destroys it. Uh, not so much the case now uh, with the internet. I don't think you can prevent that. So Anyway, so she's apparently uh, dry and loveless. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, Scarlett Johansson and Ryan Reynolds are engaged oh, to each other. There are man. some happy couples out there. You know, that guy ought to be... He is so pretty. You know, well, well, how nice for him. How nice for him that he's pretty and boning Scarlett Johansson. That's great. I'm glad that Ryan Reynolds' life is so wonderful. I think that they're a better looking couple than Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, he won't be so pretty with a few scars. Oh, I'm sorry, word. was that out loud? That's why people keep sending me the F Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, what did this guy do to everybody? Oh no, I will get that was a thing. You know what? It, there is a there was like a message. You know, like in your email, there's that reply all, or like you can message the entire company. Like you can send something to all of CBS. So like Les Moonves knows your, knows your most inner thoughts. There was some sort of all dude alert uh, that went out this morning. Where we all, every guy on earth, got the F Ryan Reynolds note. I mean, by the time I got and checked my uh, my email this morning, I probably had 15 or 20 emails from guys who were saying, F this guy. And I was only sort of vaguely aware of who he was because he was in, um, what the hell was that movie he was in? He was in Two Guys and a Girl. Yeah, and he was in Van Wilder. Yeah, but he was in something else a couple years ago. He was in Van Wilder, and then he was just in, um, Jesus, I can't even think of it now. He was in Waiting. He is the son of a food wholesaler from Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, but he, he was, is so good looking. What was uh, no, I got? I got to look him up. He was in some movie. He was the daughter of architect Karsten Johansson yeah. of Bronx Jewish heritage. Let's see here. Hold on, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, let me look it right here. Say anything about him on here? No, he seems like a wholly interesting, uh, a wholly uninteresting man. He seems. Uh, Who needs to be interesting when you look like that? <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, he was dating... Definitely um, Maybe. That's him. He's the guy Definitely Maybe. He dated uh, Alanis Morissette for like five years. Really? Yeah. Is she also going to die dry and alone? <laughs> I think so at this point. She's going to take a jagged little pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about a big F you to Alanis Morissette? It's like, hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you, After and I'm going to go ahead years. and start having sex with <laughs> Scarlett Johansson and then propose to her, which is what you've always wanted. That sounds later. acceptable. <laughs> Oh, and he was that. Oh, he was in that terrible um, Amityville horror remake too. Is your internet just not working? No, my internet's working fine. But but here's the thing. But I'm looking at this picture of Ryan Reynolds, who is the guy who's now engaged to Scarlett Johansson, for which he must be uh, punished. But I'm looking at this, and the only photo of him, I swear to you, it's like a joke. The only, it's like a Bigfoot photo. It's taken from across the street, and he's moving, and it's blurry. So I can't even really see what he looks like. I mean, right, I'll just take your word for it that he's attractive. Look at this photo. <laughs> it's taken from like 50 <laughs> yards away and it's blurry. You can't see what he looks like. So. All right, see, here we go. He is married. He's engaged to the stain. To that guy. 
Oh, oh, man, F him. I hate that guy. He's now my sworn enemy. You know, enemy. pretty deserves pretty. You know, you know, what kind of attitude is that, Sarah? I'm tired of pretty people getting other pretty people. What, a, what, what, a, what I mean, about me? No, I'm just saying, what about the guys who look at Scarlett Johansson? And then she kind of go, well, okay, she's singled out. Maybe because if you're a guy, you always have that sort of, you know, Guys always have that thing of like, well, she is single. I guess I step one up, you know, one up in line. This is what I knew him from. He was in uh, Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza Place. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Not Two Guys and a Girl. Mm-mm. That's the Robert Downey Jr. thing. Yes. Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza Place. Anyway, I'm just saying, and I know that women do this too. When a female celebrity uh, is single or becomes single, every guy kind of goes, well, I mean, you know, theoretically I have a shot. I mean, and it doesn't help, by the way, when female celebrities, they do this thing of saying, well, I like dumb guys with no money, and, uh, you know, I don't really need to date a celebrity. I mean, you could just, I mean, guys that uh, are missing limbs, um, you know, if you're a guy who works in a pawn shop, I mean, really, a connection is just, and if you can make me laugh, that's really the most important thing. I just, uh, a guy who really is just confident in himself, not cocky, but, you know, confident. I think there's a real difference there. That's, you know, what is really the most important. They don't, I mean, I'd really rather... Uh, not date somebody who is a celebrity, you know, because I'm just so, like, in that world. And so I think it's really nice to be able to come home and, you know, and just date somebody who's really normal, who's just really, um, you know. Who's really down to earth. Who's down to earth and not. And then, you know, I'm sitting I'm home. totally done with the Hollywood scene. <laughs> I'm ready to settle down. I've had sex with all the cast members from the OC, and it's just I'm I'm ready to move on. And I think. I'd know, rather meet someone from Oklahoma. <laughs> from the OK. <laughs> Tonight on the OK, I don't know, let's go eat some cobs, you know, or whatever it is they do in Oklahoma. I don't even know. That's a thing that ought to have existed. Somebody should have, somebody should have made that. I was in place solitaire. I was going to say, let's go kick some S, but it, you can't oh, yeah. say that on the air and it doesn't really work as well. Comedically, you, you can't say the S word. So, um. Somebody should have done that. The okay tonight on the okay, and then it would just be two guys sitting. It would it, yep. was, it would just be two guys sitting on a porch, and, you know, just you know, just staring off at like a silo in the you know just with the. Next week on the okay. Previously on the okay. Meanwhile, this guy's having sex with Scarlett Johansson. F him. I hope he dies. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's up? Okay, for Sarah, there is a guy who works at Golf Galaxy in Beaverton who looks just like Brian Reynolds. Where does he work? Golf Galaxy in Beaverton. I, uh, I, one day I was shopping around, I was looking, I was like, who does that guy remind me of? So, it's like, that looks just like Ryan Reynolds. So let me understand this. So not only is the real Ryan Reynolds having sex with Scarlett Johansson, but now we're going to take a guy who was already born looking like Ryan Reynolds, and we're going to make his life even better by letting all the girls know that he's there. Thanks so much, sir. Yes. Another uh, quick comment. Uh-huh. Is, uh, speaking of your sum up uh, his picture online, um, on MSN.com there's a little uh, advertisement from uh, crappy reality dating shows, and there's a Michael's Rock of Love. And if you click on it, it has a big picture of him, and they've stopped it so much to the point he looks just like a woman, but really ugly. Well, so he's come full circle then, because the first time any of us saw Brett Michaels was in 1986 on the cover of Look What the Cat Dragged In, when about half of America thought they were women. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. 
Do people say goodbye anymore? No, I know. No. You know, whatever happened to courtesy? Little decorum is all I ask. All right. Yeah, if you, when, I, I remember when Look What the Cat Dragged In came out, which is that poison oven in 1986, and I knew women who looked at the cover of that and thought they were girls. Not like the hottest girls on earth, but I remember my friend Lori, uh, who is a DJ uh, that I worked with, said, I would kill to look like this. And we and she didn't believe that they were, and there was no internet then, so she didn't believe they were guys. Like, we had to sort of open up and look through the liner notes and find oh, yeah. other pictures to prove that they were to prove that they were men. So he's just, he's come all the way. Everything old is new again. It is both the Alpha and the Omega. Here's Tim Riley. Well, what do you know, Oprah Winfrey used to go to the Reverend Wright's church. Really? And you know what else? Back in the day when Bill Clinton got in trouble and was calling uh, spiritual advisors to the White House, to the Oval Office, to kneel down and pray with him, you know who he was praying with? Reverend Wright. Correct. Excellent. Hey, did you see that thing in the front of this week's Inquirer where it's uh, Oprah, uh, Oprah, uh, Oprah uh, Winfrey, Oprah Reynolds, Oprah Winfrey, um, saying it's, it's, she's having she said something to Rachel Ray, something about like it's some horrible, uh, you know, like I like you disgust me or something. It's some great, but there's it's a double shot on the front of this month's Inquirer, this week's Inquirer, because there's Oprah saying you disgust me. I think is the phrase to Rachel Ray, and then off to the side. What story do they go with whenever there's nothing else to put on the cover of the Inquirer? Christy Alley being fat. Yes, that's exactly what it is. No way. That's totally what it is. <laughs> That's exactly it. I thought you were screwing with me. That's no, totally I haven't it. seen the Inquirer. Look at the cover of this week. It always is. Look at the cover of, and it's always like it's groundbreaking news. Oh God, she's off the food wagon. Uh, and then there's a picture of her in the front, like the, looking like that thing at the end of the mist. <laughs> you know. And so there's it's on the front. It's Kirstie Alley. No, no, no. But it gets so much better. But did they try to block out her face again, like with the circle? Who's eating her? <laughs> Who's ballooning up to 400 pounds? you got to see it to believe it. You'll never guess. <laughs> um, so, but you know, but they don't even try this time. It's just a big picture of her face. And it says, Kirstie Alley's eating bin. She's out of control, whatever. And then I swear to you, there's a sub-headline. And it says, even her ankles are fat. And there's a huge close-up of her ankles. I mean, it's so over that the top. That is so funny that you notice that, too. I always think that. I'm yeah. like, who cares about Kirstie Alley? <laughs> doesn't get me to buy a magazine. Even her ankles are fat. And then, like, as though we wouldn't just take their word for it, we would, this huge picture of her ankles, or a picture of her huge ankles, however you want to look at it. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, Ryan Reynolds was in Blade Trinity. Hooray. Here's Tim oh, Riley, the, mean to the Ministry of Truth. I'm just saying, that won't last. He can't give her what she needs. That's true. It, it totally won't last. All right. Well, I mean, what really lasts these days? Here's Tim Riley. Let's go to Florida. To Florida. Damn it. Jacksonville. A human leg spotted dangling over a Florida restaurant grill Ew. led to a burglary suspect trapped in an air vent and about to fall into hot oil and cook himself to death. Excellent. Did it happen? I'm going to go down this whole story. You're going to do it Fox style. Did it happen? Find out tonight on Fox 12. Mandarin restaurant manager Richard Angers said he was looking around the kitchen and spotted a fool and then a leg hanging out of a grill vent. So he called uh, someone who photographed the screaming man. Oh, I could see his leg. He was in pain. He was hurting and he was trapped. That's really a small opening. The man apparently was uh, trying to get into a nearby pharmacy through a complex vent system. Several firefighters eventually pulled Jason Hammond out of the vent. 
Uh, did you see him when he came out? Yes, he was bleeding and he was pretty greasy. <laughs> that told, can be said about any number of Hammond people I know. Hammond told police he had a fight with his wife and decided to let off some steam and fell into the vent. <laughs> I don't understand. That doesn't even make sense. Where no. was he fighting and letting off steam that would cause him to fall into a vent in a kitchen? You can't fall up. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's true. On KCMD Portland. Well, he was bleeding and he was pretty greasy. My retirement grease! So... He had a fight with the missus, apparently. No, but you can't just say that and then wave the story away. The cops come in. Mm -hmm. It's a kitchen, right? Uh, like a restaurant kitchen. Well, first he called his friend a photographer. <laughs> come get a photo of this. Correct. So they're in a restaurant kitchen. There are those big deep frying grease things. Right. He spotted a leg hanging out of a grill vent. So he was. He said. So he calls a photographer, and the photographer says, "Oh, I see his leg." So he was in a grill vent, like stuffed up the vent above the deep fryers. Yes. How did he get in there? Well, he decided to let off some steam after a fight with his wife and fell into the vent. So it must have been from the roof. Maybe he and his wife were fighting on a roof. What is the it headline? Was, it was love on a rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> Burglary suspect trapped over restaurant grill nearly cooked self. So where does the, the headline? <laughs> where, does the, where does the burglary come into this? Well, he he was trying to burglarize a pharmacy next door with his wife. No, by himself. No, he got into a fight with his wife instead of blow off some steam. Decided to go burgle a pharmacy. He was trying to get into a nearby pharmacy through a complex vent system. But apparently he took a wrong turn. <laughs> he should have taken the left turn at Albuquerque. So he so he was fighting with his wife. He says, screw this, I'm going to go let off steam, and instead of, like, having a beer or jogging, he decides to go burgle a pharmacy. That's correct. Tries to get into the pharmacy via this vent system. Which is complex. And he's not that bright, because he's no. a burglar. Right. Get in the vent. Get... Uh, your average person <laughs> doesn't go for a walk in a vent. I suppose that's true. So he's John McClaning it through the vent. Come on by, we'll have a few laughs. He gets lost, and then... Falls down the vent, but Only one, falls, falls part way, mm -hmm. and then stops dangling just feet above vats filled with red-hot grease. That's correct. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Okay, that's, okay, that makes sense now. Okay, it's a much better story now that I understand what's going on. I'm sorry, Tim. My brain wasn't, wasn't fully up to your level there as you were reading it. I know it made sense to you. All right, but he did not fall into the grease. No. Well, that's too bad. That would have been the well, only way the story could have been better. Well, and there will be a next time. We know that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, after paying $75 to fill up this black Dodge Ram pickup truck for the third time in a week, Douglas Crystal couldn't take it anymore. Feeling the pinch at the pump and guilty as well, this 39-year-old father is putting ads online to sell his truck and the family's other gas guzzler, a Jeep Cherokee. He knows it'll be tough to unload them because he's one of a growing number of consumers downsizing the smaller fuel-efficient cars. Yes, Americans are turning away from the boxy four-wheel drive vehicles that, for years, have dominated the nation's highways. But it's too late now, isn't it? All you people are so proud of yourself driving those noisy trucks around. <laughs> you, made your, you made your bed, I'll go lie in it. <laughs> Sometimes um, I'm sort of looking at the screen. So 75 to $80 dollars to fill up one of these gas pigs. Sometimes I'm, re I'm sort of reading along with the story, and then I can just hear from the tone in your voice when you've gone off the page and are injecting a slice of personal comment. Um, Me. So, so $80 it costs? Well, because I know somebody that has an Escalade. 
Uh, and that's it cost $112, I think they said, to fill that thing well, up. Well, I remember many, many years ago, I had I was uh, driving a Lincoln Navigator, and it cost me $50 at that time to fill it up. And that was back in the KOTK days. That was the Lincoln Navigator that you were sort of, when you were sort of rotating through. Actually, the car was huge, by the way. You had that at Christmas time, because that was when we were doing a charity drive at... Target or Bymart or someplace? Target, and we were on the WB. And, um, yeah, and... and Christina uh, Carlson was still working, and we and the very photogenic Sarah X. Dillon was, yeah. was doing photo. That's lines. right. That was like you had just shown up, uh, because you had... I think you'd only been with us for a while, and you were there with Justin, I think. Uh, and so you were sort of lurking in the background, uh, trying not to get rained on. And there was... Anyway, and so Richard Nunn, I think, came out. Uh, to interview us, and I had, and that was just all drenching, or whatever. It was like, the very first Christmas you were on the show. Yeah, and you, you and Justin, I think, came out, and you just sort of lurked in the, no, in the background, to, trying not no, to get wet. No, because I rode with Bruce Agler there. I remember, and then we all uh, went out to Salvador Molly's afterwards. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. And uh, Richard Dunn was there, and Big Gay Sarah was there, and whatever. Um, that's right. And so you were in that Navigator, which was like the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. How much did it cost to fill it then? Do you remember? It was fifty bucks. And that was like seven but years ago. The good part about that was it was so huge. Somebody had brought us real Christmas trees for <laughs> That's Christmas, right. and I just put it in. Not a problem. Fit nine of them in the back. So, Jesus. Yeah, I. Uh, it, whatever issues I may have with that truck that I drive, or you know, whatever, it's not costing me no hundred and ten dollars to fill it. So, yeah. Jesus. Well, did you read that story on drugs? Did the oil may go to two hundred dollars a barrel? So. God. I mean, I'm going to get me one of those ugly cars that are fuel efficient. I just don't, I mean, I don't understand how oil works. I don't mean in the technological or scientific sense. But, I mean, don't we have oil here in America? Yeah, but I think we sell it to somebody else. Is that true? Is this like a thing with rice where we grow it and then send it and have to buy it back? Yeah. It doesn't seem like we could really do with some some greater efficiency in the way we conduct ourselves in this country. Well, um, unfortunately, the way foreign policy is run, it's run for the major oil companies. I suppose. Jesus. All right. And, and you think we'd be smart enough to invent something <laughs> other than the the uh, this old engine that we've been using for a hundred years? It doesn't really. And that is true. Let's okay. Because I was thinking about this actually. Why doesn't somebody do anything? <sighs> doesn't it seem like? I mean, and I say this now. You know, we're on radio, which is itself a, a very old technology. You know, radio's been around since 1906. You know, this type of radio anyway. That being said, it does seem... But, you know, but I'll say this, you know, as as much as I don't really... Um, as much as I'm not really uh, kind of seeing the benefit of satellite radio, and as much as I think that we... we everybody sort of, I, I think that pretty much burned itself up. Well, anyway. that's the thing. And everybody kind of sees... Can I just tell you this? Sure. Can we just talk about satellite radio for a moment? It's a waste of your money. It is. And here's... But here's the proof of it. And I won't say who this was. But uh, there's somebody we know that has satellite radio. Mr. Rex. Uh, we'll call him, yes, we'll call him Chet. And Chet has Chester. has has satellite radio. Um, did you know that Peggy is short for Margaret? What? Anyway. No. No, we'll come back to that. So I was talking to Chet. And here's the thing, is that I have, I have TiVo. And because I have recommended TiVo to people over the years, every time someone has gotten a TiVo and that they have credited me, like TiVo says, where did you hear about us? Well, TiVo has this thing that if somebody tells them they bought it because of you, you get like 5,000 TiVo points, basically. Uh, you, you get sort of credit with TiVo. So I've been like a, a relentless evangelist for TiVo. And so there's a bunch of people who said, hey, Rick, Rick Emerson, and they put in my email. So like he, he talked about TiVo. That's why I got it. So I have like all of these TiVo points built up. And I bought some stuff over the years uh, from TiVo. But I got like 
20,000 TiVo points left. Well, here's the thing. At the end of this month, TiVo is getting rid of their rewards program. So I got all these TiVo points, and I got to use them by the end of this month, or I'm going to lose them. So TiVo sends me this email. They're like, hey, after many years, we're getting rid of our TiVo points program. You've got to spend your TiVo points now, or you're going to lose them. Click here, go to the TiVo store, spend all your TiVo points. You've got three weeks to do it. So I go to the TiVo store. I can get, like, a small iPod, which we don't really need because we got, like, multiple MP3 players. I can buy, like, TiVo house slippers. Well, if you can't figure anything else, I don't have any MP3 player. Really? Mm-hmm. So I got, uh, I, you know, all of this stuff. It's like I could buy, like, a bunch of TiVo remote controls with wacky designs on them or something. But one of the things I can buy is an XM radio receiver with three months of service. So, uh, and it, it's like 19,000 points, and I think I got 20,000. So I, if I wished, essentially for free, I could get this XM radio receiver and have three months of service. So I asked this person, uh, I said, hey, so, uh, you know, you have satellite radio, this, this XM radio thing, you know, I could basically get it for free, but at the end of three months, I'm going to have to start paying for it. Like, it's 90 days of free service, but I'm going to have to start paying at the end. And I said, is it worth it? And they kind of went, well, no, not really. And I said, well, you have it. And they said, well, yeah, but when it first came out, I signed up for like five years, and now I'm just locked into it. Uh-huh. So, so even that person, the only reason they still use it is because they signed like the five-year deal. And they were just like, you know, at the end of three months, you're going to have to start paying for it. And it's just not going to, you know, it's not going to be worthwhile. So, you know, even all of these transitional technologies that are supposed to replace radio, you know, aren't really catching on. None of them are really working. So radio aside, can you think of any other technology that we've had in this country for as long as we've had the internal combustion engine that runs on gas. I mean, it's it's all been replaced. I mean, regular telephone lines, uh, you know, the telegraph got replaced by the telephone. Mm-hmm. The telephone has been replaced by the cellular telephone and, to some degree, Internet telephony, like voice over IP. Um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, radio was certainly augmented, at least, by television. Television then replaced by cable television. Cable television replaced by satellite television and HD and to some degree, satellite television is being replaced by Internet television. Um, it, you know, but, it, but with telephones, we just continue to, like, or, or with cars, rather, or we just continue to, like, use the same crap engine, the same bad design uh, that they had, like, 150 years ago. I mean, you're right. It makes absolutely no sense. And it doesn't. And it seems like in America, of all places, there ought to be some nerd in a garage who has just built a car that will run on something different. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm not like a conspiracy theorist, but it does really seem like um, somebody's on the take there. Seems like the appropriate palms are being greased uh, to to keep us uh, driving cars that run on crap that you know dead dinosaurs that come out of the ground. Makes no sense whatsoever. I agree. <laughs> I was just making the point. I was no, bringing. It's a, it's a good point. I was bringing the point of the stark relief. What are we talking about? Gas. Oh. Engines and cars. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Britney Watch. Here's your Britney Watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. So this is kind of breaking. Brittany has gained more visitation. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say she'd gained weight. (laughs) Even her ankles are fat. 
That may be true, too. All right. She's what? Gain more visitation. Well, her two sons. Sean and Jaden. Although, how much more is unclear? Uh, KFED's attorney, Mark Vincent Kaplan, said after the court hearing today he uh, wouldn't talk about the custodial timeshare between uh, the KBRIT and the Fed, except to say it's uh, more than it has been. Kaplan said the modifications to custody were made today and will uh, take place in the near future. Kevin's goal is uh, he hopes that his children will have the benefit of having two parents participating actively in her lot. Like he would think. Like, he would put that thought together. I, uh, his spokesperson, yeah. who phrases all of his statements for him, had this to say, yes. Uh, and I would uh, I would keep a careful eye on Brittany to make sure that there's no uh, unconventional expansions to that house she lives in. That's all I'm saying. She does seem like she's just, doesn't she seem like she's just one bad day away from having a like a full-on screaming Susan Smith, if I can't have them, they're going with me to well, a special place kind of breakdown. Well, remember how close she was. That's when right. She was clutching the baby in the bathtub, and she wouldn't let anybody in. That's right. Baby in the bathtub. All right. God, she's given us so much radio gold. Where has she it, been? Let's hope it comes back. Uh, let's see. So that's it for now. Right. It replaced another story we had earlier, but that is breaking news. All right, there you go. There's uh, your Britney watch. Don't forget Nickel Arcade. Live at Listener Party 11 next Thursday, May 15th. You know, I've never seen them play the song live. There you go, there's Nickel Arcade, ladies and gentlemen. I think the only time I saw them live was that unplugged uh, show they did it, yeah, at Satyricon. And they didn't play this, and it was sort of a short set anyway. So um, so they will be playing uh, at Listener Party 11, happening next Thursday, uh, May 15th. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Yes, hello, Rick. Hello, you. Hi. Um, so, I first of all, I just wanted to notice that you, you said that this... That radio's been going since 1906 or whatever? Well, in this in this sense. The first the first broadcast uh, for entertainment purposes happened in 1906. That, well, that's, that's actually kind of cool because that, that means that Paul Harvey, if he started in the 50s, has been going for more, for the bulk of those... For the majority of, of the time radio has existed as a technology, yes. Paul Harvey yeah. has been broadcasting. Well noted, uh, sir. And secondly, as on on the uh, on the subject of comfort junk food, yes, sir. My wife went out for a jog a couple days ago, and she came back all sweaty. And she looked at me at the computer with a half gallon of ice cream that I had just finished. Uh huh. <laughs> sighed and went and took a shower. Yeah, that's what my wife does too. She comes home, so I'm home to have a you know meal made out of carrots and dust. What are you eating? And it's me with a big box of those dibs on the couch. Yeah. 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 All right. I, I just felt like a very bad person. You are a bad person, sir, but at least we're bad together. That thank sounds you. awkward. I'm sorry about that. All right. Thank you. That sounded a little creepy just now. My apologies. It did sound creepy. Let's be bad together. <laughs> um, let's be bad with Bob Costantini, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now from the hill. Oh, I'm sorry. Joining us from Indianapolis, Indiana. Bob Costantini. Hey there, Rick. How are you? Hi, Bob. How are you today? I'm right in the thick of it here in uh, Indiana. So, uh, so where, what time is it where you are? It is um, four twelve. It's Eastern time. All right, here so... in Indianapolis, the western edge of the state uh, does go into Central time. And so you, so you got a few hours until the polls close. Um, do you guys do? Does CNN do 
like exit polling or whatever, you sort of you, you know you sort of lay in the shrubs for people, and when they walk in, who did you vote for? It's a it's all part of a network consortium. Yes. Uh, that uh, the networks pay for that, so that's. Uh, um, so CNN subscribes to that as well. What is the general consensus? What is the, the conventional wisdom saying in your journalistic opinion today uh, about Indiana, at least, sir? Well, in Indiana, there are 72 delegates at stake, and the uh, turnout has been extremely heavy here. Uh, there's a lot of interest in this race, in the presidential race. Uh, they also have uh, you know, congressional races uh, and other things going. Um, but uh, in the first six hours today here in Indianapolis, Polling officials said they've got a record turnout for any primary uh, in the first six hours alone. The polls will close here in Indianapolis at 6 o'clock Eastern time, so that's a little less than two hours from now. Um, but um, the, the conventional wisdom and uh, the expectation even from the campaign seems to be uh, that Hillary Clinton will probably win here in Indiana, even if it is by a small margin, and that Barack Obama will win in North Carolina. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the reason I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm inside my car right now because they had us uh, leave the center where the hall where Hillary Clinton's uh, election night victory party will be held here in Indianapolis. And Barack Obama has gone on down to North Carolina where he'll be celebrating uh, in Raleigh. Now, what is the what is the deal with with these two states? Where is it? It's not like a winner take all thing with the delegates. No, that's uh, that's been a, in a sense the uh, curse of the uh, Democrats, if you will. Um, because if it were winner-take-all, things would be quite different. It wouldn't be anywhere near this close or, or in that sense. Um, but it's proportional. And here in Indiana especially, it is a wide-open primary. That means Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Greens, uh, whatever party you got, can vote in the Democratic primary. And so a lot of uh, Republicans are probably going to vote that way in Independents. Uh, uh, there'll be some mischief-making, if you will among the Republicans, I suppose, um, but it's it's wide open, so anybody can vote, and uh, they have 200,000 extra registered voters this time around uh, than they had the last time. It, it just shows the uh, interest that's going on here. If, if I may punditize for just one moment, Bob Costantini, sure. would, you, would you share my assessment that, how do I put this, that to the perception of the typical American, it, it, mm-hmm. the amount by which Hillary wins Indiana or loses North Carolina or vice versa, if you want to look at it from the Barack Obama point of view. Would you would you agree that maybe the, the percentages don't even necessarily matter because what people do the next day is they look at the headline where it says, Obama wins North Carolina, Clinton takes Indiana. Yeah. And people sort of look at that and they, you know, it continues to foster this, I don't want to call it an illusion, but it does continue to foster this idea that it's really still anybody's game at this point, which it's, it's really not. But it's the perception that's important here, right? Well... Uh, it certainly is going to be the perception, I would think, uh, coming out of this race. Uh, uh, no one expects this to clarify things any uh, little bit more, really, because even if um, Hillary Clinton wins here in Indiana by a few percentage points, uh, the, the matter is that she just only gains a handful more delegates than Barack Obama because the Democrats always have proportional uh, delegate uh, distribution in their um, in their primaries. I know it's a... Uh, the Republicans had a lot of winner-take-all states. I know it's a busy day for you, so as we wrap things up, uh, are they giving you anything good to eat? I know that when uh, Lisa was in Pennsylvania, it was just a whole stack of foil-wrapped cheese uh, cheesesteak things that nobody really wanted. I'm not sure because uh, it's not quite dinner time here, but I am uh, I was looking to actually get out and get a decent dinner tonight for a change, but 
I'm not sure that's going to happen. They've, they've got lots of live shots for me anyway. Well, and, and you are in Indiana, so I would lower your expectations just a little bit. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> if you get a chance, try to take that one-day-at-a-time tour that's there. I, <laughs> you know, in two weeks we'll be talking about Oregon, you know. That is true. That is true, my friend. All right, Bob Costantini. Thank you, sir. Take care, Rick. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, in Indianapolis, Indiana, the home of the Romano family. Teeny. All right, there you go. What? Fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. 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 You know, speaking of food, I really feel sorry for the burrito lady that I used to go to. I'm sorry. Who's the burrito lady? Well, every Tuesday I spoil myself with a breakfast burrito at a burrito place in the area of the uh, the coin center. Is this like how every Friday you allow yourself to have one packet of sugar wafers from the machine? Uh-huh. Well, he has such... Now I know where those four pounds come from, Tim Riley. (laughs) So anyway, every Tuesday I I get a breakfast burrito at this establishment. What's your special treat for tomorrow? Just regular old... I have a pasta. It's left over. Okay. So anyway, I go in and the usual burrito lady isn't making burritos. Instead, they have some new lady making them. And she wasn't as generous with the ingredients as the other lady. So I I saw the usual burrito lady who's washing windows. And I said... (laughs) Wow, I really? Said, Why are you washing windows? You make the best burritos around. So she pulls me over and whispers in my ear, I made them too big. <laughs> That's terrible. I know. Really? Yes. So she's been disciplined for having a heavy hand with the ingredients. Uh-huh. Well, that's and too now bad. she's washing windows. <laughs> that's a punishment. You know, that's too because I come here just for your burritos. So now are you not going to get burritos? Yeah, you should let the management know about that. I should. You should know. I well, I didn't want to get her in trouble because she whispered to me on the way out, and he might have seen her. Well, I don't. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, clearly, I mean, I don't know how you could get her in trouble because clearly, like everybody knows, like the management knows she was making them too big, and that's why she's been benched or she's been put over to the window uh, washing. She's side washing windows. What a what a sad industry that is. That one moment you're happily working in the kitchen, the next moment you're scrubbing filth off of windows. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I no. feel sorry for you. She makes great burrito, and that's why I go there. Uh, I would no. I would let the management know. I would. You know, I would actually complain. I would actually say, "I'm sorry. It seems like your prices have stayed the same, but uh, your portions have diminished." Mm-hmm. That's how I would phrase it exactly. I wouldn't say like, "Hey, remember that woman that was making the burritos way too big?" I would say, uh, "Pardon me, sir. I can't help noticing that uh, while your prices have remained unchanged, I've noticed that you are actually now giving me less for my money." I. Uh, I have to say that I'm very disappointed in this, and I'd like to know why that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then put it all on him. Put him on the defensive. I'll do it. You want me to? I'll go in and complain about it. Sure. I don't mind complaining about things at all. all Give right. me a great sense of joy to do so. All right. You let me know uh, later. I'll go in and I'll make a complaint tomorrow. Good. I will. Uh, I will be polite but firm about right. this issue. I'm washing. She's washing windows. I made them too big. Yep. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. All right. And, 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 what's worse, and what's worse is she, she's an immigrant from another country and wanted to come here and do something different, and she was very happy. <laughs> I dream of washing windows in a much better country. No, no. She spoke. Oh. She's not the burritos, right? I don't know where burritos. she's from. Is she from Ireland? Uh, I dream close. of washing. That's not, a, that's not Irish. She, I don't know she what was that from England. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, you're, you're doing your English accent. She was a proper English woman. I can't. I don't have an English accent, actually. I, I enjoy talking to her. She's very cheerful. She's making breakfast burritos. All right. The only accent I have is that one, which is sort of like, it's like half Latin, half Russian. It's like, I dream of washing windows in a much bigger country, which is sort of like, it's sort of like half Sabado Gigante, half Yakov Smirnoff. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh... So this poor English woman immigrates here, thinks she's going to have a better life, but she ends up washing windows. I, you don't really don't think of... Well, all right. Fair enough. I mean, 
it's just interesting, I suppose. You really don't think of those as being like like a lateral move, like from food preparation to like sponging the dirt off of something. Well, I'm not going to tell you what you did before. Oh, God, please tell me it was toilets. No, 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 it was something uh, further away from the realm of food service. What didn't she do before? Uh, legal work. <laughs> In England? <laughs> In my country, I was great lawyer. Now I come here. That is your English accent. Rick, no, work on it a little. It's not English. It's not supposed I don't have an English accent. <laughs> you, you know what? You're an actor. I'm not an actor. <laughs> it's kind of a combination of Natasha on Rocky and Ernest Morton. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great... That's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly what it is. I, uh... You're the babushka lady. Remember, <laughs> a big iron flashlight. In my country, potatoes stand in line for you. Um, I got nothing. What, did, what are you asking me to do? I'm not your monkey. <laughs> yes, you are. I am, kind of. Um, I just wanted to hear your, your British accent. I don't have a British accent. And if I try to do one, it's going it's to be... You do a British accent. I'll do a British accent if somebody here does one first. Tim? No. Sarah? <laughs> no. Richie? I uh, know. No, no. Richie, stay in your room. Stay Richie. in your room. Richie, come here. Please, Richie. I don't want Richie, please, to be coming a... here. Oh, God. I don't want to hear Richie do a British accent. No one you does. You said if one of us does it. That, that's not Richie. He doesn't count. Richie does, too, count. He's, He's not one much... of you. He is as big of a part of the show as any of us. Hi, He's Richie. not one of you, Sarah, and I think you know what I mean. Hello. How are you today, Richie? <laughs> wow, really? New. No. How do they do it? I don't know British. Are they like English? It's, it's like English. Are they like English? Are they you, are, you, are, you are the truest American in the room. The right. car in the apartment. That's like a Brooklyn accent. You're that you're like a plumber now. Oh. Are you a plumber? I am. You were doing like a Bronx thing just now. Keep on with that. Okay. No, that's not even it. Park your car. Get out of the way. <laughs> now you've just... That's Boston. Oh. And, and then it just became you again on, at the end. On. All you have to do is cross the pond. You're pretty close to that accent. What about an Asian New Yorkan? An Asian New Yorkan. An Asian New Yorkan. Yeah. One of my uh, good buddies from London was a um, Texas Asian New Yorker. Dude, can I tell you, I knew somebody, my friend Scott, at one point had gone to Texas for some reason or another. I mean, I think he was actually just driving through the South for some reason, for some godforsaken reason. He had the weirdest thing. It was He went into, and you know, Texas, obviously, on the border. So he was in Texas, stopped at a Mexican restaurant. As he, and I wish I would give anything to have footage of this, because he said it just broke his brain. He went into a Mexican restaurant in Texas, like some sort of like a Tex-Mex place. His waiter is a Japanese guy who had grown up in Texas. <laughs> And was speaking to him in Spanish. And he said it was like all of his like brain cells exploded at once. Like a Japanese guy comes over and in a Texas accent says like, you know, Donde esta, compadre? And it, but it's like a Japanese guy. And he said like his whole world just kind of folded in on itself for just a moment. So well, if you go to Montreal, you will hear black people speaking French. That's a lie, Tim Riley. Montreal, they speak, uh, no, they speak English there. No, well, some do, but for the for the most part, you have to learn to speak French if you want to live in Montreal. Wait, is Montreal in Quebec? Yes, it is. Oh, is I was thinking, Canada. oh, I was thinking Montreal was its own province. No, well, Quebec is its own province. But Montreal's in, in Quebec. All right. Richie, yeah. go back to speaking like a Brooklyn guy. No, I could say, hello, y'all. <laughs> that would be Texan <laughs> All right, Rick, now please to be doing your British accent. I don't, he never, he hasn't he done did, a British you, accent. How do you do British accent? You've made up a new country. That's from like Blagrovia or something. You've, you've just like made up a brand new, uh, brand, brand new country from scratch right there. Well, your cuff button does work. 
That's amazing. It That's right. Yes, it does. Um, How do British sound? Like, oh, don't shoot. Tell the whites of their eyes. No, that's Irish. They sound like Richard Quest. <laughs> Who's he? I can do Richard Quest. That's all I can do. Play a Richard. Do we have any Richard? I've got oh, a yeah. boot full of drugs. Richard. Right across his posterior. Oh, yeah. I can do that. All right. That's, do it, Richie. That's actually right, right across his posterior. Say, I've just come from a sex club. I just came from a sex club. That's well, see, it's funny how if we just give him the right things to say, suddenly he can do it. How about this? How about, Rick, you say, I My can... pockets are full of dildos. My pockets are full of lotion. <laughs> now that you went back to sounding like you were some fake, some from, oh, okay. from like, Mepos. My pockets are full of dildos. <laughs> I feel so bad. Sarah, and I hot get... lotion. I have to get coffee. Rick, I know Is that, that going trying... to be on a future audition tape, Richie? Yeah, like... Yes, my demo. Your what? My demo. Sarah, take over for a second. No, I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm not letting you get away with this. I'm sorry, Rick. I know that you're trying to deflect. Some, I'm getting some coffee. Make Richie keep talking. Oh, no. Let's go to the Angels Club. All right, Richie, um, let's see. You should ask, uh, say, hey, Chrissy and George, are you guys men? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you trannies, are you men? <laughs> see, but that's not, again, oh, you've become there. like Middle Eastern or something there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a Slurpee? <laughs> okay, you have to be done for a while. I don't know what okay. that was. But I didn't write British list here. What was that sound you made before that? It sounded that? like a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was like the Miami thing or the floor. I'm so embarrassed by everything that happens right, on Rich, the show. Right, Rick, I called you Richie. <laughs> I can only do it like Richard Quest style. All right, you got to do it. Okay. Um, I cannot stop shoving food in my face. I cannot stop shoving food into my face. That See, was, I can that only... Was good. If was I put, good. I can't do it. I think I can't do it clean, though. If I could put a little edge on it there. But you know what? Can I just say that we were at uh, we were at that pizza thing with that, that Geek in the City party this weekend. And, you know, fat boy Bobby does um, a really good Al Pacino. And not like in a kind of cringe-inducing, boy, you kind of have to laugh because he's your friend sort of way. He does a legitimately good Al Pacino. I'd put it up there with gas. Really? Oh, you know what? I was watching TV the other night, and I saw Craig Gas. He really? Was, yeah, he was on an episode of uh, King of Queens. And he was the kooky guy. Uh, I've, I've never seen it before. But he was the kooky guy who's the the old fat guy who's married to Did Leo you just happen to be watching King yeah, of Queens? There was, yeah, there was nothing else on it. It was like on a Sunday night, I You believe. know, Tim's the actor here. Tim, what accents have you mastered? None, really. <laughs> I don't do any accents. Really? Mm-hmm. So you were always cast as New England guy? Pretty much. And you, I'm an alien from Boston. What about this? I'm a frontiersman from Boston. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, so uh, what was my point? Oh, but so Bobby does a really, really good Al Pacino. And we were kind of talking, going around the room about impressions, and I realized that I don't have any impressions, which I guess is a thing to be grateful for. Impressions seem like sort of a dated kind of comedy. But like, it is that thing that everybody sort of has one impression they can do except for me. I don't really, I mean, I guess I can, as I've said before, I can't really do anybody else's voice. I can sort of do mannerisms a little bit. I can do tics, which is why I can sort of, I can kind of passably do the Richard Quest uh, sort of thing. But beyond that, like, there's no, like, when somebody says, oh, now, William Shatner, but if he was at a drive-in, and I can't really do any of those. So, I guess it's, I am poorer for it. No impressions from me. Sarah, can you do any impressions? Nope. No. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Mark Rosenweig watched with suspicion as a tanker truck saddled up to a local Burger King grease bin. The driver plunged his hose into the 300-gallon tub of used French fry grease and slurped it into his tank. Mr. Mr. Rosenweig, call police. Dr. Rosenweig. Yes. Grease theft is a crime. 
And Mr. Rosenweig should know. He is a legitimate grease collector. And he's had his livelihood stolen four or five times a month these days. Grease bandits in South Bend, Indiana, broke into grease bins to get their oozy booty. One collector has two detectives working on cases in Kentucky, Texas, Florida, Missouri. There's a big grease gang operating out of northern Arkansas. Grease is a traded commodity like gold and pork bellies. Its prices tripled in the past two years, leading to increased grease crime. Increased grease crime? And oozy booty. Mm-hmm. Please to give the context for the phrase oozy booty. <laughs> Detectives say we monitor grease theft on a regular basis. Right now it's a big issue, said Christopher Griffin, director of legal affairs for Griffin, Griffin Industries of Kentucky. The company collects raw grease in 20 states and boils and filters the grease into yellow grease, which is used to make biodiesel. Yellow grease is becoming liquid gold. It now trades on U.S. commodity markets for 32 cents a pound, up from a low 12 cents in 2006. Okay, but why why did the phrase oozy booty come out of your mouth? Because it said it in front of me. Can you can you put that in the context of the sentence? Grease bandits in South Bend, Indiana broke bin locks to get their oozy booty. <laughs> broke bin locks to get their oozy booty. Do you booty? suffer from oozy booty? Please talk to your doctor about Uzi Booty. Well, this is going out of Kentucky, Texas, Florida, and Missouri. There's an entire grease gang operating out a of grease gang. Arkansas. I want to be part of a grease gang. Seriously, this is. But this is. I was making this joke earlier, in reference to that story about the guy in the deep fryer. This is exactly like that Simpsons though, where Homer decides to start stealing grease from the school, mm-hmm. and he comes in and groundskeeper Willie catches him. Because Homer and, grease. Yeah, Homer and Bart are, are siphoning the grease out in a tube again. And Willie comes in, Ugh, my retirement grease! Uh, and that, see, that's how I can't do impressions. I can just sort of do the mannerism. Um, no, there's one. Who is the one impression that you can do? I can't do any impression. You can do Hank Hill. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. But that's an outdated impression. That's an impression. That's an impression that nobody really could. There's not much call for that impression. <laughs> that's, that's like a Craig Gass thing where you're doing an impression of somebody that is sort of never, ever, ever impressionized. The oozy booty. All right. Fantastic. Well, there are plenty of well-meaning folks out there taking grease to make biodiesel at home. Apparently, one report showed a professor getting grease from a bin. You got people who never consider being a thief by taking grease. They think it's okay. Well, it isn't. Stopping hardcore grease grabbers is tricky business because they usually strike at night. A retired Texas Ranger uses police surveillance techniques. They persuaded the thief to wear a hidden mic to nail his buyer. A detective put a, a pair of thieves into a, pen, a penitentiary. The common fines are $500 to $1,000 and a few days in jail for grease theft. Hardcore Grease Grabbers, Volume 1 through 5, on sale now. They get their oozy booty at night. <laughs> I, uh, they're on the hunt for oozy booty, and they won't stop until they've got it. I'm so sorry to everybody out there. I, uh... We could take this in several directions. Yes, we could, Tim. Can we take the Uzi booty in a new direction? I'm sorry, that was too much. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Talking about um, uh, technologies that kind of need to be updated, I'm a musician, so since, like, the 20s and 30s, everybody's been using, like, the tube amplifier as the quintessential uh, rock guitar sound. So by now, 
I'm kind of hoping that, you know, we're 100 years into the future. We've got all this great technology, and I'm hoping that I could walk into a guitar center and some guy with just an aggressively cupped hat brim and a chin beard would come up to me and yell at me in like a Marine-style voice, this is an amp that's, uh, you know, it works off of equal parts nuclear fission and water turbine, and here in the preamp section we've got a polio sufferer and his death frozen an elephant seal being ingested by a sperm whale. Yeah! And... I don't, though. I get this guy. He kind of meanders up to me kind of in a sickly cigarette, kind of yellow, gauntish way, and he hands me this little kidney-shaped red bean, and he goes, yeah, and right here uh, you got uh, 14 presets, and they all sound like different tube amps. And um, so that's kind of one thing that I've struggled with technology-wise. And also you were talking about William Shatner and uh, the yeah. um, the one song, oh, gosh, yesterday. But uh, oh, what was it called? Common People? Pulp. Yeah, me pull up a chair. Yes. Right, and uh, Henry Rollins does a great um, story about how that uh, that whole session went down when he did that. I can't get behind yeah, that. Yeah, he told when I, he came to the Schnitzer uh, before that album came out. He told that story about how what's his name, Adrian Ballou, Adrian whoever, Ballou. yeah, called him. Let me ask you this: Who are you? Uh, I am the guy that interviewed uh, Doctor Elmo, and I'm also the Silverback Gorilla guy. Well, that explains everything. Um, hey, but just as a simple guitar wank question here for a second, haven't they replaced a lot of those, like the old tube amplifiers? Isn't that what the Rockman was supposed to do? Well, the Rockman and the Line 6 pod and all that stuff, but it wasn't supposed to necessarily replace it. It was just emulating it, and that's what I'm saying. Like, All right, then. But it, it, they get that, you know, I guess we could say, well, the keyboard or the sampler is, you know, kind of the new guitar if you want to look at it in the all way right. that I'm putting in context. But All right. Thank you, my friend. Well, hey, I wanted to say goodbye. What? Why? Well, because earlier you said no. Have we offended you. you somehow? Oh, that's not so not forever, just for today. Oh. <laughs> no, so, uh, uh, right. gentlemen and ladies, goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Silverback thank Monkey you. Man. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, two women have been hospitalized after being mistakenly served dishwashing detergents instead of mulled wine as they ordered. Chico's Restaurant is a mountain resort. They pled guilty to a charge of selling food containing extraneous matter. A chemical which is used in dishwashing detergent. Yeah. Uh, customer Sarah had ordered a glass of Mountain Thunder. <laughs> she spat out the liquid when she experienced a burning sensation on her lips and mouth. Is Mountain Thunder like the Pineapple Express? <laughs> cafe worker Bethany offered to test the drink and suffered a similar reaction. A check by cafe management indicated that the mulled wine container had unfortunately been filled with dishwashing detergent. It showed the two liquids had been mixed up. After 5.2 gallons of dishwashing liquid was delivered in a container formerly used to hold mountain thunder wine. All right. She has possible uh, permanent scarring to the throat and esophagus. Well, that's great. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, it's Peter from Nickel Arcade. Hello. Hi, Peter of Nickel Arcade. How are you, sir? Doing all right. How are you guys doing? What's up? Good. Uh, Well, I just wanted to call and tell that guy uh, there is a new kind of amp. Uh, Line 6 makes it. It's half solid state and half tube amp. Uh, the difference between tube and solid state is uh, solid state is kind of like vinyl and tube amp is kind of like CD. So you can kind of look at the difference between that. And this one has a half of each. Um, so you get a little, it's a, basically a good mix of uh, both kinds of sounds. Also, Line 6 has 150 presets. They have different bands and different musicians come in and tune in all the knobs exactly how they would play it for their band. So like they have 311 come in and Slipknot and Fallout Boy and John Mayer and everybody come in and then you can just select the presets to sound like them. Somebody should create sort of a novelty version of that though that has 50, like as like an Easter egg that has 50 presets for bands that no one would ever want to sound like. 
Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? What is this? Well, it's just nothing but sublime presets, you know? <laughs> All right. That was a nice courtesy laugh. Thank you. Are you looking yeah, forward oh. to your set at Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, sir? Oh, we are. We've got a couple of tricks up our sleeves for it as well. Fantastic. All right. All right. I'm going to wear a funny hat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, by the way, Nick Arcade at the Tonic Lounge on Thursday. Excellent. And that is uh, the day after tomorrow? Uh, yes. All right. Nickel Arcade, Tonic Lounge, this coming Thursday and next Thursday at Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Web, uh, website is myspace.com slash Nickel Arcade sucks. Peace out. Thank you, sir. There you go. Peter from Nickel Arcade. Fantastic. Funny hat and all. Here's Tim Riley. Well, apparently three guys get stabbed in uh, Council Bluffs. I believe that's in Iowa. Is this the beginning to a joke? Well, no. Okay. Uh, apparently it uh, happened at an altercation in an apartment complex. Uh, Jeremy Gill was stabbed during the altercation. The was he nearly was... gilled? Well, a report said Gill's internal organs were protruding as a result of the... Oh! Oh, man! He was I did transported not see that to uh, Creighton Medical Center. <laughs> That's where I want to go, right next to Idiot Hospital. Jeremy Way was stabbed once in the groin with a large knife. Reports indicated the knife uh, pierced his scrotum and exited onto his upper thigh. Ah. He, too, was transported to Creighton Hospital. All the injuries are serious, none believed to be uh, life-threatened. Investigators are uh, looking into the... So all the suspects in the stabbings. No arrests have been made so far, but huh. everyone should be fine in the long run. Sounds like looking into the suspects will be uh, be fairly easy in this case. A substitute teacher in Pasco County, Florida, has lost a job after being accused of wizardry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim, where was this? Uh, Florida. That was all me. I don't think Right so. there. Uh, teacher yeah, Jim Petulis uh, does a magic trick where a toothpick disappears and then reappears. He recently did a 30-second trick in front of the classroom at Landa Lake School. Then he got a call from the supervisor of teachers saying he'd been accused of wizardry. Are you making this up? No. For making the toothpick disappear. I got a call in the middle of the day from the head of supervisor for substitute teachers. He says, Jim, we have a huge issue. You can't take any more assignments. You need to come in right away. Well, Peculi said he didn't know uh, if any of the accusations... Uh, were from the toothpick disappearance case. The teacher uh, said he's concerned that the incident may prevent him from getting future jobs. Because it says, it says here at your last job you were fired for wizardry. Is this true? How are you even supposed to answer that question? Couldn't you just question? prove to them that it's a trick? It's a magic trick? And this is in Florida? This is in Florida. Was this some Florida. sort of religious school? And it says uh, Lando Lakes. And by the way, being accused for making the toothpick disappear with a student could sound like something else. So it seems like one would want to clarify that. Jesus. Yeah, he did make the students disappear. Well, we're going to make your job disappear. All right. Well, there you go. So that is from Florida, the home of all fine story. Let's do one more. We'll take a break. All righty. Well, police in Bulgaria are investigating after a three-year-old girl drove her dad's car a half mile through a busy market. Carolina Gasol climbed into the driving seat of his automatic when her 27-year-old dad, Gudjungung, uh, got out <laughs> in the street market in the town of Belilum in East Bulgaria and left his keys in the car. The girl turned on the engine, pressing her foot on the accelerator, and drove off with her four- and six-year-old cousins also in the car. Two and a half miles before plowing into a river, where the three kids were hauled out unhurt by passerby who saw what happened. Nobody else was hurt. A police spokesman said, It is completely irresponsible for a parent to leave children in the car with the keys in the ignition. It is a cause for concern for such a young child appearing to not know what she's doing. Well, fantastic. All right, let's take a break here. I'll be back after this, ladies and gentlemen. More from Tim Riley coming up later on. CNN radio correspondent James Roop will be joining us. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful Portland, Oregon. Somebody's asking us to do the Cooter interview. You know, I just don't even, I don't even care that much. I don't even care wackily about the Dukes of Hazzard's Cooter. There's no, you know, can I tell you that? There's no, there's no way to say that, that it doesn't sound awful. We don't care about your cooter. No, I don't. I should tell that woman. I should tell her that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss, uh, what is her name? What's her name? I'm sorry, Cassie. Cassie, you just can't make this cooter thing interesting, no matter how hard you try. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying too hard. Um, didn't you get something, though? Didn't you get... Didn't somebody send you some awful guest uh, thing? Yeah, I'm just opening it up I even now. worse one. Tim and I both got the cooter uh, offer. Let's see. I got my... Because you always get the one like... I always get the Children with one. terminally ill siblings, come on and make your audience cry. Oh, what... Uh... Discover the antidote to mindless hookups. Interviews available. Want to discover the antidote to mindless hookups? No one wants that. New book, The Karma Sutra, offers practical <laughs> solutions to common relationship problems. What do you get when you cross psychic and astrologer Gene Nixon with Sex in the City's Carrie Bradshaw? You get Shelley Wu, author of the new book, <laughs> The Karma Sutra, Sex, Love, and Relationships Zen. Isn't Gene Dixon dead? That's what I thought. <laughs> so you get a blonde who says nothing. That's what you get. A blonde in a box is what you is what you get. Shelly Boo is available. Does Jean Dixon still? Now she's dead, but does her column live on? I would imagine so. Because that's you know that's like like Dear Abby, uh, who's been dead for. I don't even remember when Dear Abby died. There was just such a seamless transition uh, from that. Was it with, was it with you that I was having the conversation the other day about? Dear Abby, and how for the for this, she died at just the right time because that is just the easiest job on earth. I mean, really, and especially when now with the internet, if you tried to launch, I mean, Dan Savage kind of was the last guy to really carve out a niche, and you know, and everybody still reads him because he's great. But uh, if you tried to launch an advice column as a feature now, there would just be no way. I mean, because of course the internet is just one big. Everywhere you go on the net, there's somebody. You know, I look at my sister when she showers. I mean, everybody is just like pouring out some weird, horrible detail of themselves on a message board, uh, where then everybody sort of responds. So now and, it's dear Abby, with with Savage. Yeah. So yeah. So now there's. I mean. So the, I mean the, the the era in which it's sort of like trying to make a, a bunch of money as a rock star. The era in which that was possible is just sort of past. You know what? I was just going to make fun of this one, but this might be actually something interesting. The Karma Sutra? No, it's um, the Facebook book, a hilarious companion. And I'm looking at it, but it actually tells you how to use Facebook since I can't figure it out. See, but Facebook just terrifies me because that was the thing where it tells everybody that you're buying, you know, buying size 15 underwear or something, you know? We just saw you go to the trash can. Totally. It, it'll be, but it'll be like a bulletin that everybody gets in their inbox. Sarah Dillon just shifted in her seat uncomfortably. You know, and that, I mean, just, we so, know there's a hole in your white sock. <laughs> so I, I just choose to avoid kind of it. Well, yeah, I guess if you download applications or something, it shows your, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I, you know. Who wants people to know them anyway? You know what? MySpace was good enough for, uh, it was good enough for people back then. MySpace is good enough for me now. Anyway. I get so many of these things every single day. And no one wants the antidote to mindless hookups. That's a fiction she's peddling right there. It's creepy, and I don't think Shelly Wu can solve everyone's problems. We should bring Shelly Wu in on the program. And that, you know what I did really think about is we were talking. You want to bring her on just to hang up on her? I was just, we should make that. We, <laughs> we should make that a bit. That's a fantastic recurring segment. And now Rick Emerson presents another exciting installment of We Bring Someone On Just So We Can Hang Up On Them. 
Let's welcome Shirley Wu. Hi, Rick. And... <laughs> Done. Maybe that's only funny to us. I don't really know that would be that funny to anybody else. Mean. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I did really... I mean, <laughs> what a warped sense of morality we have. That might be rude. It might hurt her feelings. <laughs> Wait, I'm not entirely sure, but it's possible that m- that might not be polite. <laughs> you just picture Shelly Wu on the other end staring at the phone. I don't know what happened there. Um well, in any event. You have lost your connection. <laughs> um, you know what I did think about yesterday, though, was bringing on those idiots that wrote that dude's guide to oh, parenting. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but here's the thing. Because I was reading that, and I was just, like, weeping for the future. It just is idiocracy in action. And we really ought to make that a recurring segment of the show, which is that idiocracy is now. So I think I am actually going to start preparing an ongoing feature called, you know, like, The Road to Idiocracy or something, where we sort of mark the downfall of civilization one thing at a time. So we were reading this dude's guide to parenting yesterday, and I really was thinking about I was like I was at home last night making a bagel compulsively with lots of cream cheese after my wife had gone to bed, and then feeling shame about it afterward. Did you think about it beforehand? Did you plan out your bagel? I did. I waited until she was asleep, and then I consumed it all Zoidberg style, and then I felt terrible, terrible guilt about it. And anyway, so I was thinking about the dude's guide to, uh, to, to parenting. And I really did, for a long moment last night, consider sending Richie an email telling him to book those guys just so I could bring them on and yell at them. Just so I could bring them on and say, anybody who reads your book ought to be forcibly sterilized. Really, anybody who reads your book ought to have their testicles removed, like, all together. Jesus. All right, at the Ministry of Truth, here's your personal savior, ladies and gentlemen. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, the high price of gas is causing L.A. motorists to downsize and buy other cars, even there. You know, people buy these shiny BMWs and Mercedes. Well, with $4 an hour gas, they're thinking about getting something different. Like Shauna Dalton, she loved her BMW with its ultra-smooth ride, luxurious interior, and backseat entertainment center and babysitting center. But with gas going up, she has ditched it for Toyota Prius, and she's saving $500 a month on gasoline. Then there's Debbie Derryberry, the voice of Nickelodeon's Jimmy Neutron and other cartoon characters. She commutes from Toluca Lake to Beverly Hills several times a week in auditions and is planning to swap her Mercedes for Prius, where the lease expires next month. It's more money up front for now, but the day-to-day anxiety, well, it gives me more peace of mind. And what is her name? Her name is Debbie Derryberry. Of course it is. Who drives from the valley to Beverly Hills every day. Well, all right, then. Well, the DA is taking a lot of heat due to the fact that veterans keep committing suicide. It is a matter of life and death, says the chairman and Democratic Republican Bill Filner of California. In a follow-up hearing on the veteran suicide issue, they insist that the VA has either ignored critical suicide data or is covering up the numbers. The pattern is deny and deny, apparently. Uh, these veterans are coming back and are not getting the help they need. It's hard to believe that the U.S. government would be less than forthcoming about something like that. I know. Uh, pull over and uh, put down the dog. A California lawmaker wants to ban motorists from holding pets in their laps while driving. And getting caught, you get a $35 fine. Well, that's enough to get you thinking twice. Uh, the bill passed the Assembly on a 44 to 11 vote and now heads to the Senate. Uh, apparently he introduced the bill after seeing a woman driving with three dogs on her lap. Now, would, you, would it be a thing where you had to, like... Because there's no car seats or anything for dogs. Because Max shows something to come up with them. Max does the thing where he leaps onto the steering wheel sometimes. It's almost as though he is trying to get us into an accident. So he'll be driving along and he'll just jump into my lap and then his paws 
like, go into the steering wheel. And as I'm trying to get him, and all this, of course, happens as I'm going 70 miles an hour, rocketing down the road in a you box made out of steel car, and not, glass. Not in the in his kennel? Well, like, if I'm taking him to get a haircut, I don't put him in the bag. So, I guess maybe I should. I guess maybe... (laughs) No, I fear that Muppet's going to crawl underneath my feet or something. No, he has like a traveling bag. But if I'm taking him to get a haircut, I just stick him in the passenger seat. Although now now that I'm saying all this out loud, I guess it would be a good idea to, when he travels, put him in the travel bag. Because he can get seatbelt harnesses for them. Is that true? Because he does does just leap onto my lap, and then as I said, like, get over there! Get get off! As As he's attempting to do it, he always then braces himself in, like, the holes of the steering wheel. Which oh. I, as I, yeah, re, I realize now as I'm saying this, this all sounds like a phenomenally bad uh, way to drive. It also sounds kind of illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's forget that we have this talk, shall we? Here's it Tim sounds Ronnie. like something Brittany would do. <laughs> uh, uh, the parent company of the Tropicana and Casino in Vegas has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. They say its resort will remain open and continue to offer what the company calls a full range of uh, lodging, entertainment, and gaming services. Uh, the Kentucky-based firm claims to have $2.8 billion in assets, but just over $3 billion in liabilities. So that's a shame. That's a good cheap place to stay. And it's right across from the MGM. And a yes, lot it is. No, it's been all of those places on the Strip. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like that Bowers Bakery place on Hawthorne yeah. uh, going out. What did we just discover the other day was going out of business on Hawthorne? Oh, the Hawthorne Market. The Hawthorne Market, which I love. That's my that's my place. I love it, and I love the people that own it. The um the couple there. Yeah, it's the couple that's. Uh, and they can't afford it. They doubled the rent there, and they they're getting shipped out. And that whole complex actually that's attached to the Hawthorne Market, except for. Because it's like Papa, a Papa Murphy's uh, right Papa there. John. Yeah. Murphy's. Murphy's. Murphy's John's. That's yeah. the only thing that's remaining there. Everything else has gone out of business. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do with that. This email says, Rick, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds is a nice guy, and he's been good in movies I've seen him in, but he looks like a goofy doofus. Come on. Uh, Scarlett Johansson really should be with a George Clooney caliber guy, or a supermodel, or a he billionaire. Will be, he will be a George Clooney-ish kind of guy. Don't you say that. Um, he says, not some middle-of-the-road actor, just please God, don't let him, and you know this is coming next, don't let him knock her up and ruin that super hotness, which you know he will, by the way. I mean, you know that's the next thing that's going to happen. He hasn't already. Oh, see, I don't even like to think about that. Because then, you know what it is? It's like trying to shove your silly putty back into shape. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. All right, here's, here's Tim Riley. Jason Priestley is desperate to reprise his role in the remake of the hit series with fears he will not be asked. The 38-year-old actor who played Brandon Walsh in the 90210 series has discussed an appearance in the remake in New York, but he fears he will be overlooked. He said they haven't contacted me about doing anything yet, but it's the right thing. I'm certainly open to it. I love doing that show. I loved everything I did on the show. He's the William Shatner of 90210. I had so many jobs on that show. I loved it so. You know, is now is when 90210 ended, Brandon Walsh, uh, whatever his name is, no, no, Jason uh, Priestley. Jason Priestley. I always get him and Luke Perry confused. It always oh, takes they me. They both look somewhat alike, don't they? They do, and it takes me a second to sort of in my head to kind of figure out who's who. So at the end of 90210, now was it an actual ending where like. They had, you know, like the series wrapped itself up, or did yeah, it just... I think like Donna and David got married or something. So what happened to Brandon? Or Brandon? Walsh? No, I think Dylan and Kelly got married. See, I have no idea. Brandon just got fat, <laughs> and they started like racing and got in that accident. Is that, is that like the title card at the end of Where Are They Now? Brandon just got fat. The end. And they say it's a long way to Tipperary. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Pete. Uh... Doherty is a free man. The British rocker was released from prison today after serving 29 days of a 14-week sentence for breaching the terms of his probation. He told reporters he was happy to be out and looks forward to a drink and spending time with his cat. <laughs> That's exactly what you should say, by the way. I look forward to boozing now that I'm out of jail. He once dated uh, supermodel Kate Moss. He's best known for his work in the Libertines. 
A Long Island man who flipped his finger at a police officer and then popped a wheelie on his motorcycle is recovering from injuries after crashing. <laughs> I wonder if the cop took a long time mm -hmm. to get there and clean him up. Uh, Frank Patty uh, made an obscene gesture at two cops, popped a wheelie, and then sped away. So police chased him. When the motorcycle turned into a parking lot, it crashed into a police car that had joined the chase. Uh, Patty was treated for minor injuries at the hospital. He's charged with fleeing police, resisting arrest, and several traffic violations. They don't know if he has an attorney yet. Now let's do one more, and then we'll play this uh, air check that Susan just sent me. All right. Uh, Ohio State troopers have been fired for a prank involving a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Two state highway troopers have lost their jobs over a prank involving what looked to be a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Uh, Franklin Craig and Eric Wolonsky of Sandusky have been terminated. They found that uh, Franklin put on a white cone on his head and donned a white mask and uh, a white cloth. Like you do. Mm -hmm. And the other cop took his picture, and it was forwarded on the cell phone. Uh, the governor said last month he asked for the man to be fired. They're both uh, very remorseful. Of course, of course they are. Uh, by the way, this says, Rick, have you seen that Taco Bell commercial pimping the Bacon Club Chalupa? I think you had a hand in I haven't seen that, but it sounds fantastic. Chalupa. I've seen it. Yeah, it's on all the time. <laughs> Is Chalupa a real word? Is that one of those made-up American-Mexican words? Like nacho. Like burrito? No, burrito is a real word, but nacho isn't. Is burrito a real word? We had this discussion. Okay. Because then I pointed out the weirdness that it means small donkey. Oh yeah. Because a burrow, you know, blah blah blah. But I think, but nacho is a made-up word. I don't believe that. That's that's not a that's not a real. I don't believe that's real Spanish. I do not believe like the conquistador and have some nachos. There, there are people named Nacho. Well, there's Susan's dog. I know, uh, Cutest some name for a dog people. ever. Named Nacho really yeah. is like an actual name. Uh huh. I always thought the word because I know nachos the dish were made up by the white man. Uh, but I thought that the actual name uh, had maybe sort of been it had been turned into something uh, very Americanized or was an Americanized name. Well, maybe not. Um, so I don't even know what Chalupa means. I know that they have that thing, that gordita, which is fantastic, which I think just means fat. I think gordita actually just means fat thing. Uh, anyway, so no, I have not seen the Bacon Club Chalupa, but now I want to. I think you'd like that commercial. Really? Because bacon is more than just for breakfast. <laughs> bacon is for everything, Tim. Uh, all right, so this is an air check from, I think it's a woman, from KFMA. I don't really know where that is. Uh, but this was sent to Susan Reynolds. I didn't bother to read the air, uh, the resume that came along with this. I figured the air check would give us all we needed. So let us now listen to this air check, which is from KFMA in... My Google is not working. <laughs> you know, my Google isn't working either. My Google would not work all all yesterday afternoon. My Google's on the fritz. I kept trying to Google something, and it just, it wouldn't work at all. Now, see, mine's not working either. Well, I guess we'll never know where KFMA is. Let, ladies and gentlemen, let's now tell me if you think this sounds like an old air check. There, there's some things in here that sort of place it in time. 93.7 KFMA. I'm Mary Alice with a music up. I'm Mary Alice. I'm a radio person because I have two first names. 93.7 KFMA. I'm Mary Alice with a music update. NME reports Depeche Mode, who have denied that they are planning to tour America with New Order in 93. Now, did she just say denied they were planning to tour America in 1993? That's what it sounded like. NME reports Depeche Mode, who have denied that they are planning to tour America with New Order in 93, will release a new album in March and are planning. This is from 15 years ago. Susan just got this yesterday. KFMA.com. To say where it's... Uh, Tickets all go on sale through Tucson. Oh, so much so it's in Phoenix or in Arizona somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
ending a world tour. The album follow-up to the multi-million selling Violator was recorded in Hamburg, Madrid, and London. And featured... Violator came out when I was in high school, by the way. There's a full orchestra and gospel choir. The single, I Feel You, should be out February 18th. As for the rumored collaboration with New Order, a spokesperson said, a nice idea, but it's not going to happen. The band are working on plans for their world tour next year, but dates with New Order are not on the agenda. Alternative entertainment comes to the Scottsdale Center for the Arts with Spalding Gray, who will be in residency for one Oh, my God. Spalding Gray? Oh, man. Really? Didn't Spalding Gray he jump kill, off the ferry? kill himself like five years ago? Well, you might want to let her know that KFMA is looking for part-time announcers in Bordeaux. <laughs> Must be able to work any shift in a 24-hour period. <laughs> Spalding Gray. Scottsdale Center for the Arts with Spalding Gray. will be in residency for one week to finish working on his new monologue, Gray's Anatomy. He may perform oh. it and he may not. The workshop is happening. No, he may not. No, the answer to that is no. There's no he may oh. perform it, Mary Alice. Spalding, let me just let me just ruin the, su- the surprise for everybody. Spalding Gray will not be performing that new monologue. Opening Tuesday through Friday, February 23rd through the 26th. The world premiere, Saturday, February 27th. And the workshop and premiere are only $18. How therapeutic it is to surround yourself with people weirder than yourself. Spalding Gray. Not therapeutic enough. Stop I'm Mary Alice. Join me mornings for more music news, 6 to 10 on your FM Alternative 93.7 KFMA. Frank and Tic Tac do the morning show there. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the day, it's Creepy Pete. <laughs> Bo, Sherm the producer. Sherm. Stags McNasty. <laughs> You're making this up. You're making that up. Tom the janitor. I'm looking at the staff here. It's Frank and Tic Tac. <laughs> I wonder if they drew lots to see who was Tic Tac. Oh, God. Stags McNasty. Creepy Pete. Bo Esty Robzilla. Robzilla. Tom the Janitor. And Emil. Bo. I hate radio. Goddamn radio is awful. Tic Tac's kind of cute, though. I mean, (laughs) hey, Mom, this is Tic Tac. We're going to get married and have a bunch of little Tic Tacs. Would you like to request you be a friend on your MySpace? (laughs) Seriously. I'm looking up Tic Tac. (laughs) I don't think I could ever date anyone who calls themselves Tic Tac. Well, it's Tic Tac without the hyphen. (laughs) Oh, Can I just say, I mean, this this is what we've always said on this program, that while we love working on the radio, Working what kind in, of events do they have? Working in radio is altogether different. Working on the radio is great. Working in radio is just embarrassing quite a lot of the time. Tic Tac and Stags McNasty. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like that friend of mine who does the news for Catfish and Mudflap now. I mean, come on. It's one of the smartest people I know. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing the news. Where? A radio station in the Midwest? Really? What, uh, on what kind of program? I work with a duo. Really, what kind of duo? What are their names? Not important. No, really, I'd like to be able to listen to you. Who do you with whom do you work? Mudflap and Catfish, and then she sort of like hung up the phone. Well, they are bringing Metallica to town. Oh, Jesus, on, on is that 16th. is that also happening in 1993? Will Cliff Burton along be performing with, the, with them along with the Flowbots and the Chiados <laughs> at the Pima County Fairgrounds? <laughs> of course. I wonder if Stags McNasty gets to do the. KFMA. I'm Mary Alice with a music update. NME reports to Pest Mode, who have denied that they are planning to tour America with New Order in '93, will release in '93. 
You, I mean, she must have listened through to this before she sent it, right? Mm-hmm. You would think you would at least take out the multiple references to an upcoming performance by a guy who killed himself right at this time. Wow. That is several years ago. Isn't oh, it? Wow. All right. Well, I don't think we'll be... Uh, I mean, it's not my decision Did to make. Did she just receive this? She just got it yesterday. Oh, well, I mean, she, was slow she, <laughs> she just... That's fourth class. It had to be... It, it had to be taken out on via Pony Express. Was, the air check was delivered to us uh, like on a wax cylinder via horseback. Maybe Tic Tac is playing a practical joke. Out there. <sighs> Jesus. I found Tic Tac on MySpace. Really? You're going to add him? Friend. No, I don't want to be Tic Tac's friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in any event. Well, that's that. And that's one to grow on. I don't think we have time to take a break now, so we'll uh, we'll roll through. Oh, my goodness. It's getting well, late. It is, Tim. Uh, well, here's, get involved in this. Here's, because, because, because Casey, in Portland, because you were enthralled by the joy of Tic Tac and Mary Alice and Felina Spleens and everybody else that's apparently on KFMA or whatever that is. Well, I better get ready for tonight's election results. That's right, Tim. Those aren't going to do themselves. They're not. All right. Uh, so here's what's coming up. Uh, Jim Roop will be joining us. More from uh, Tim Riley toward the bottom of the hour. And oh, let's see if Bridget's back at her desk. Cause... We have to get her to post the final four pages of Richie's horrifying oh, transcript because she was gone yesterday, or we would have. Good afternoon. This. Hi, Dave Zinn. Is Bridget around? Um. Yes. Thank you. All right, I have my pages. Aaron's sending me this angry email about nachos. Hello, this is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. It's Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rick? I'm dandy. How's your day going so far? Not bad. Don't answer yet. Okay. Oh. Um. Hey, I may have some things for you to scan in. Oh, great. See if you can guess what they are. <laughs> I don't want to guess. Do I have to go through and cross out her name again? <laughs> yes, you do, Sarah. Uh, so I've got... Now, the good news is this is the the final installment of uh, of, of Richie's uh, awkward online conversation. Yeah, it's not the only thing that's awkward. Yes, I know. Uh, so, uh, once again, I would advise you to avert your eyes. <laughs> you don't, don't want to look at this. You don't want to read it. Don't get it on your skin in any way. I don't want to touch it. Would you like to hear some sample phrases from it? Oh, what, mine as mine as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. How about this? How about uh, let's see. Um, let's make a manwich. <laughs> Ew. This one doesn't even make any sense, but it still sounds perverse. We're both full of lotion. What? I don't even know how, how you... Does that even come up in conversation? Uh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> that, that one actually really grossed me out. I'm like, that just sounds like an infection. <laughs> God. Oh, wow. Making me not like lotion. How about how about this? Does it does it weird you out as much as the phrase "keep going, keep going" typed in all caps? Oh, who's which? Wait, who's saying that? You know, I'll just let you find that out for yourself. I so, don't want to find it out. So I don't want to read it. We're gonna pass that up to you in a little while, so you can scan it in for God, us. God, I so glad I just got back from lunch. Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> Thanks, Bye Rick. Now. All right, there you go. That's uh, Bridget from upstairs. All right, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three. Seven three three two nine seventy coming up uh, later on. We'll uh, have Richie to sort of. Did, 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 let's make a witchy sandwich. Oh. Are, are, oh, with a God. W. With a W. Oh. I know. I just read something. I, no, no, no. So for those who've said that this is ruining their ability to eat, uh, this will be the last day I think that we talk about this because we were we were not able to sort of get it posted yesterday. This is like a good diet, though. <laughs> it really is. Because I was hungry and now I'm not. You just sort of keep this keep this in front of you at all times. Uh, God, they wrote a lot of stuff. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Um, I was calling, well, now I'm grossed out, and I'm thinking everything in Richie's room must be covered in grease. But, <laughs> grease and lotion. Ugh. But I was calling to let you know that there are car seats for dogs. Uh-huh. Um, incidentally, my dog and your dog say hi to each other almost every morning or often. I live next door to you. Well, all right then. Yeah, but um, there's little there's little car seats that you strap into your car seat in the in the uh, passenger seat, and then you strap them in in a little harness, and it's a little car seat so they can sit next to you. Yeah, because he does. I mean, the dog does seem to be trying to get me killed <laughs> at, at moments. I mean, where it's and I guess it never really occurred to me that I could just put him into his travel bag every time I got to take him somewhere. Right, but they don't like that so much. I, if your dog's finicky like my little dog, she likes to be in the front seat, and otherwise she'll run under the gas pedal. So it's good to have her in there. <laughs> you're trying to brake, but you're, there's just a poodle wedged underneath the brake. You pedal. just have to choose between squashing your dog or dying. So. All right, excellent. All right, thank thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, fantastic. Jesus. All right, well, at any moment, we should be talking to Jim Roop. It's true. Any second now. Yep. Just mere... He was seven minutes late yesterday, wasn't he? Yes. Mere moments. Just at any, any, any moment now. I have something right now, if you want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? Yes, yes, I do. Let's listen to it. Is this your MGMT? Oh, no, this is that... She had a thirst for God. She studied sculpture. I just want to compare this to Cult for everyone who's listening yesterday. This is crap. Caught her eye. I just sort of recused myself from the conversation. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds... It's just... Are you trying to be kooky by, like, changing the time up in the drink? I suppose that it's... I mean, here's the thing. I just... uh, Maybe this makes me a bad superficial person, but I, f- I just find it difficult, and I think I speak for most of us, I just find it difficult to take anything that William Shatner does sort of beyond, like, the surface appeal of it being, you know, like William Shatner. I think beyond that, I just, uh, I'm not really able to sort of maybe appreciate it to the extent that some are. So. Oh, this is awesome. I'm reading uh, the comments of this YouTube video because somebody wrote it, and it's like, nice video editing, but for me, this misses the whole point. The pulp song is angst and cold reality, uh, hence the tourist comments. We, the common people, cannot get out of it all. Just to, so I guess if you live in England, understand. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, you know, I'm just saying. All right, we could always do, uh, let's see. Okay. I need to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your pants. Let me go to uh, the hornyslut.com. Great food like bosoms. For bosoms? Uh, which are plentifully really possible as being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the... And now he's not there. Oh, wait, there we go. Best show ever. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, live from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. How's how's life, brother? How are things? Uh, things Things are going very well. How are you? Where are you at right now? Outside the criminal court, uh, actually, the family court building in uh, Los Angeles. So, is there anything happening with Britney Spears that I need to care about? Uh, she gets to spend more time with the kids. We're not sure if that means more uh, visitations or if the visitations that she has are longer. We're not sure. 
Well, all right then. I mean, really. You look pretty good. You look pretty good today. The thing about it, well, I saw some picture of her on the cover of, I don't know, like Star in Touch or something, and it was some sort of, you know, like Britney's Diet Does Wonders, and it was a picture of her looking, you know, decent in a bikini. But the thing is, I can just never, at this point, I never assume that the pictures are anything approaching recent. I always assume that they're just from years ago. And she had a lot of makeup on, you know, but she still looked, she looked almost like she did five years ago. Really? Yeah. You know, the thing about it is that's... She looks a little timid and afraid. That's maybe why. Too. In some ways, though, don't you feel like that's really... It's like trying to put silly string back in the can. <laughs> I mean, once really, once we've seen you showing your all together uh, several times, I mean, without having asked to see it, it doesn't really seem like that's a place from which there's a road back. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yes, so, I mean, in any event... still has nice legs. I guess. I mean, really, I think I speak for all of us, and I said that we're just looking toward to June... Uh, when, uh, you know, when the, the restraining order, or the, the conservatorship or whatever it was gets lifted. Uh, July. What's that? That's July. Yeah, is it? So we can, you know, hopefully that she'll go crazy again. So. But I don't think it'll be lifted. I think they'll extend it. Uh, see? Only because it's working so well. I mean, she, and, and one of the things that Kevin Federline's attorney said today is, what's more important here is what we don't see. You know, and so I think they may want to, in July, they're going to try and extend that conservatorship. <laughs> I know. I do. You would think that they would think of the media. You would think they would think of our needs. They'd think of the bottom lines of TMZ and Perez Hilton. They don't care about us. I mean, the thing do you realize, I mean, I read a story one time uh, about Britney Spears and how much directly, uh, how much money she herself was responsible for in direct, uh, in a direct sense. In other words, music, videos, her perfume line, you know, her clothing endorsements. But really, what you know, what somebody should have done, and the time for this is probably past. What somebody should have done is to have created uh, some sort of a an article or a breakdown of all of the ancillary income caused by Britney Spears. In other words, all of the money made by scandal sheets and paparazzi because of her. <laughs> just some sort of a pie chart, uh, just showing how much of the gossip industry in California for about you know six, eight, nine months was predicated almost entirely on the existence of Britney Spears. Yeah, how many tabloids were sold, how many newspapers, how, many, how much commercial time was bought on TV shows that are, that are running stories on it. Oh, I hear you, man. I mean, I, you know, you're probably talking $10 million. I mean, that would be, at, at, I mean, at the outside. So, Easy. All right. Yeah. All right, well, in any event. Uh, I, wish I, I wish I was down covering that uh, big bust in San Diego, at San Diego State. There's 100 people. Wow. They. they there's a hundred people they nailed down there. Yeah, like seventy of them are students or something. I mean, it, how crazy is that? Was it like some? But it was like some. It was a drug ring, right? Yeah, and and a lot of those students, from what I understand, were criminal justice majors or uh, those trying to get into uh, working toward a, a homeland security job. Jesus. So I think that's well. Well, I guess if you're going to test the system. There is, there is, there is the last few weeks, as we've been saying. I do believe there is some sort of crazy in the air. You know what I mean? There is a, there's some sort of, we've reached some sort of a cultural tipping point, and I feel like everybody's starting to go a little bit bonky. I think you're right. All right, brother. You on tomorrow? Absolutely. All right, my friend. We will talk to you then. Have a fantastic afternoon. Thank you so All much. Right, there you go. Thank you. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this email says, hey, about that creepy Rick Sounder, there is nothing, <laughs> nothing more disturbing than hearing you say, I want to put my seed in you, and that Sounder of you saying gross things. It's just wrong. It's so wrong, I can't even explain it. Sarah? I need to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear? I want to put my baby in you. But I better take off my pants. Take off your panties.
may go to uh, thehornysluts.com rape through black bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. <laughs> I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Okay, so somebody else sent me another one. I don't even know where I said some of those things. You say those things all the time. You're a terrible little person. What kind of context would there possibly be for you must take my seed? Like, why would I ever... So can you say gang raping out of context? <laughs> what, did you just turn into Aaron just now? Let me just say a word on the air to test if I can say a oh, word no, no, on the air. Oh, no, out of context. Like, I'm saying it isn't your You just expressive... said it out of context. Okay. <laughs> can you say gang raping? No, because somebody else made another I mean, another if not, I, it's, I won't say gang raping. So, well, I figured you could. Let me know about gang raping. <laughs> and what what is the context, Sarah? Somebody took a bunch of like that Lycus thing, that Lycus promo when the guy's like, "You should never say that you're married. You should right. never say that you weren't married." And right. um, took it and they interspliced it with like th- you saying things. With me saying something. Now. Yeah. What does it sound like? Oh, let's see. Oh, this is high quality. I can tell. It's being hidden in my buttocks. <laughs> Is it in my vagina? <laughs> Mamma mia! What happened to my penis? I long for a good gang raping. I'm just a girl who can't say no. Why did I say any of those things? I don't know. I don't understand me sometimes. Well, Kevin. thank you, Kevin. Well, I was making a list of things to talk to my shrink about, so, uh, you know. Seriously, yeah, you should really find out, because those things come out of your mouth. They don't come out of Tim or my mouth. Maybe that's some secret part of me that's trying to get attention, and it's doing it the only way it knows how, Sarah. Wow. I long for a good gang raping, really. There I am saying it again. At least there's context. <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's a reason now. Uh, Uzi booty. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Tim Riley, much to his horror, returns. We'll talk to Richie Bristol, and we'll uh, get this other air check finally played. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, thehornysluts.com. Rape through like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. That Richie's creepy. Is that going to be somebody's new ringtone, Sarah Dillon? Perhaps, Rick Emerson. Why? Hello. Listen to me hit that post. In your face. In your collective faces. Hello. (laughs) You know, however you hit it, Sarah, what matters is that you hit it. Hello. In your Rick Emerson radio program, it's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley rejoins us in just moments with more news. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CBS Radio, Portland Market and Guru Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Hello. Hello. 
So, do you have any more air checks for us today? Why are they going to you? I mean, no offense, but I mean, you're you're not uh, an, on an on-air programming capacity. Why? Well, you, you know, we're we're looking for um, a promotion director for one of our stations, and and I don't know for some reason applicants feel compelled to send an air check. Of course. Because of course you know you need, and I'm thinking don't clog up my email box with this garbage. <laughs> with this crap. So with I this, immediately forwarded on to you. This crap from 1973. The music 103. Hello, folks. This is Cook Delicious with the music. 103. I'm rocking you all into the cold, frosty night. Oh. Well, morning. This guy really. <laughs> <It's> that, oh. <laughs> I want to excerpt that and make that my new mail alert. So just every time I get a message. <laughs> all right. Well, in any event. Um, so, okay. So the, the, you may have heard a little uh, commercial running that features uh, Sarah Dillon uh, and myself. And we are. Um, so here we are. I want to make sure. I'm looking at the sheet to make sure that I say everything correctly. Uh, for Sleep Country USA, mm-hmm. why buy a mattress anywhere else? Ding. Right. Uh, <laughs> for the pajama bowl, which is coming up. Right. And so we didn't do this last year. For no. some reason, it came together and we ended up not doing it. Uh, but we are doing it this year. I insisted. So the long and the short of it is, uh, and you you just kind of tell me if I'm getting anything wrong here. The long and the short of it is, is that on Sunday the 17th. Wrong. 18. <laughs> Good going. I've been gonged off the stage uh, almost immediately. Okay. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is the long and the short of it is that on uh, Sunday the 18th, uh, Sarah and I will be. It's uh, it's for foster kids. It's a charity. Uh, it's a fundraising and for foster kids. And Sarah and I will have competing bowling teams. That is correct. And uh, so we are each going to be. Don't much of a competition. You're a really bad bowler. You know what? But fortunately, Sarah, uh, we're not bowling alone, as the book says. Uh, we're going to be recruiting really, people. Really, tell me about it. Well, Sarah Dillon. <laughs> The way that it works is we try to recruit or pledge other people to bowl on our teams with us. So it's what, us and four people? That's a crazy idea. Yeah. So well, you could even have five. Uh, we could have five if we were feeling crazy. And I think five is good because... Um, so five plus us? Yeah, so because this team? way, you know, the idea is that we're going to raise money. I mean, yes, we're going to have fun and it's going to be a good time at Big Al's up in Vancouver, but... Uh, we will also be raising money for Trillium Family Services, which is a great organization. And so hey, Rick, last time I bowled, I bowled a 159. What did you bowl? I haven't bowled for 50 years. Oh, so the wow. last time I bowled, it's because my wife was angrily making me do it as part of a couple's event that I loathed and eventually quit. So there you go. You make me uncomfortable with the things you share. Sorry. Anywho, um... <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, but tomorrow is tomorrow is when Sarah and I are going to uh, try to assemble our uh, respective teams, and we were doing that on the air, correct? Yeah, and we thought the uh, it would be kind of a fun idea. When I say we, I think I meant me. You. <laughs> um, that we would try to get you know listeners to sort of bid against each other. But here's the thing: is that everybody's going to want to join Sarah's team, and nobody will want to join my team. You say that, Rick, but there are those diehard Rick Emerson fans who want to perhaps carry you on their shoulders with their good bowling. Just scores. say it, embittered maybe, loners. Well, Just okay. <laughs> maybe you'll look out. Sure. Well, plus, maybe they want to be on your team because they don't want to be with such a weathered bowler like myself. They're a little intimidated by my crazy bowling. I would agree you're a little weathered, Sarah. I would agree (laughs) she's got crazy bowling. You want a bitch slap there, friend? Is it next Thursday already? (laughs) Damn. I'm sorry, I've been up writing roasts all night. Uh, so, okay, so, t- so tomorrow, how how will this uh, work? What is the mechanism tomorrow by which listeners will get on the team with us? 
Do they call? I believe they will be calling into the show, they will and I here? believe Richie Bristol will Richie be on will the handle phone. the information. Yes. All right. Yes, he will. So, so the like idea a telephone? is, yeah, and and I think we're starting the bidding at fifty bucks a throw. So if somebody, is, so the deal is, if somebody wants to bowl on either Sarah's team, which I believe is cleverly named Sarah's team, and mine will be named. Rick's team. Oh, we can do better than well, this. Well, the AE was like, you got to come up with a really exciting name. Why are they and... wearing pajamas? Does that have to get kooky? Oh, that's the other oh, thing is okay. we're both bowling in pajamas, <laughs> right. too. So, like, well, if, if it wasn't embarrassing enough. Well, not just, not just you. Everybody. And and here here's the other thing See about Sarah it. bowl in her pajamas. <laughs> Listen, I did it last year. It was okay. Um, I mean, you know. You... <laughs> I do have, like, these you need my like cherry pajamas. You don't wear those. Maybe I'll. Jesus. Yeah. Have you seen those pajamas that Dennis Pitsenbarger does his weekend oh. show in? No, he's like maroon sweatpants. No, he's wearing like out. a wife beater and some bunched up ACDC pajamas and no no socks. It's just like the worst thing I've no ever seen. No socks? Really, it's like you can never scrub it away. Well, Rick, you know, I, I saw you in your bathrobe the other night out at Laurelhurst Park. So, yeah, that is true. You know, I, I would think you wouldn't be embarrassed. So if somebody wants to bowl on Sarah's team or on my team, uh, the bidding starts at 50 bucks, Right. And then we'll take it for the length of the show. Right. At the end of the show, we'll see what the five high bidders are. Correct. They will win uh, slots on Sarah's team and my team. And then we uh, bowl on Sunday the 18th at Big Al's uh, to raise money for the... Trillium? Uh, Trillium? Trillium Family Services, and we're uh, we're bowling at 2 p.m., so that'll give everybody time to get rest after their Saturday night uh, out and about. And um, and if people want, people can people actually... can come and just watch. People can come and pledge more money to help raise more money. The team that raises the most money, by the way, and gets um, you get extra points for wearing your pajamas. Okay, a good thing. People can win a mattress. Excellent. Have you bought a mattress lately? No. It's no, expensive. I it's a good prize, actually. So, um, so that's another added bonus. Like any size? Will it pander to your bed frame? Can I get a round one that rotates and vibrates? <laughs> All right, now, these one? are the questions I am not prepared to answer. Oh, I'm but sorry. I'm sure we can work something out for whatever your mattress needs might be. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. I'm writing. I'm making a note for that right now. All right. Uh, you can find out more at sleepcountry.com. Uh, so that'll be happening tomorrow. We and will lots be, of folks uh, are going to be doing this, aren't there? Are they other are, media folks? They are. Court and Fatboy are going to be doing it, I know. Yeah. And a lot of other people from the stations here at CBS. Yeah, Portland, all the so. CBS radio stations are involved. There's a morning uh, slot and afternoon, so the afternoon slot will be us and KUFO. So, uh, and, um, oh, it's like reliving my media bowling league all over yes, again. Oh, it. and it'll be tons of fun. Plus, a lot of other people, spectators can come. And you can drink beer at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Come well, on. really. Yeah. Huzzah. So... So everyone should encourage their friends to come and cheer them on and so on and so forth. And I think maybe we can even throw in an AM970 T-shirt for uh, those on the AM970 team. Fantastic. So that'll be a nice pajama top for your pajama bottoms. And that's one to grow on. (laughs) The more you know. Okay. All right. Uh, So that'll be happening tomorrow throughout the program. Sarah and I will be recruiting folks to be in our teams. Tim has to do nothing. So, all right. Susan Reynolds, anything else you uh, would like to share with us today? Oh, I don't know. No, I guess not. <laughs> Has it been one of those days? Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, you know, it's been one of those weeks. It's only Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's going to be fine. And um, I'm just happy to be here. So God. thank you so much for God allowing bless me you. in. Susan Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. All right, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru. Thank you, Susan. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior. Pay me! now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Turnouters high on the Vegas single primary date left. Poll workers in Indiana, North Carolina report heavy voter turnout for today's primary in races that can be crucial for both Hillary and Barack Obama. 
course, we'll have details for you as soon as the elections close out. We'll have results all night long. Fantastic. And Ron Paul told reporters he forgot to quit. Uh, now, now, he knew he was no longer running for the president. Is that after everybody forgot to vote for him? And his aide said he would be winding down, but it turns out Ron Paul forgot to stop running for president. So he's uh, put out a video in which he said victory in the conventional sense is not available to us. <laughs> there's so much to campaign for and try to accomplish. Yes. Uh, people in the press reported that he had dropped out, but he had not dropped out. Well, the Republicans do need their own Ralph Nader, so have fun with him. Enjoy that. A 26-year-old Spokane man's first 18 years of marriage will be enjoyed behind bars. That's because Brian Bonifold will be in prison for striking a man in the head with a claw hammer last year. Under the plea agreement with the Spokane County judge, the man avoided a life sentence, was ordered to drug rehab, and he got married to his fiancée at the same time. The new wife left the courtroom shortly after her husband was sentenced to 18 years in jail. It is love Spokane style. All right. It is an unspokane love. <laughs> the... I can't top it. I was going to do like a dare not Spokane its name, but there's, uh, that doesn't work. What? No. No, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. No, we'll... no world does that work. It's the there worst. There comes a time to stop trying. <laughs> I reached that point a long time ago, really. I have to take years. Really, it wasn't even in this century. So, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. Right, let's get to work. It's going to be a long night. It sure is. CBS Election Center, we'll from where you will be. the midnight be. oil until every single vote is counted. Absolutely. We will never give up. Uh, Tim Riley giving you news later on this afternoon, 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the other, all the way through Like Us, and as circumstances warrant. That's right. All right. Thank you, Tim Riley. Time to put on my election hat. Yes. All right. Uh, we should take a break, probably. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we will uh, wrap things up after this. It's 503 Yes, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Playing something exciting? Yeah. I need to build a sex temple. Thank you. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear? I want to put my baby in you. I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, the horningslut.com grapefruit like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentiful. It's really possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I was waiting for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. I need to build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, the horningsluts.com grapefruit-like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plenty. It's really possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. You must take my seat. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. Why, thank you. No problem. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, how long do we have here? Uh, seven minutes. Can we do random phone calls? Totally. Can we listen to the Dexter theme? Yes. Ladies, let me cue. Uh, this is now the time of the Rick Emerson show where we take your random phone calls, observations, queries about whatever it is you might have. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Now for your random phone calls about whatever as we plunge headlong toward the end of the program. Let me get the... Uh, Dexter Music queued up. Uh, like us at 3. Uh, Michael Mara Show coming up at 7. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include uh, Jack Russell from Great White, uh, who will be joining us on the phone. And then uh, in studio in a few weeks, also uh, coming next week, Monday, our good friends at Dry County Crooks uh, will be in the studio performing live. That is next Monday oh, at 12. Cool. Yeah, because they got a new, uh, a new uh, CD that I think 
I think it comes out next Tuesday. Uh, they sent me uh, like the, the, the advance, like the packet or whatever for it. So uh, Jack Russell from Great White tomorrow. Um, Peter Carlin also tomorrow. Dry County Crooks next Monday. Uh, Monday next Monday. <laughs> Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. I like that word Monday at the Crystal Ballroom. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show whoever this might be. Hello, first random caller. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Speak now. Alrighty then. Um, do you guys remember the Arrested Development episode where Job accidentally kidnaps the head of the Milford um, Academy? Sarah? The head of the Milford Academy? I've tried yeah. very hard to only watch that whole series through twice, and so I will where say right now that I don't. Them from? Um, he's doing a magic trick for the old folks' home, and he does his, um, he's got his box. The Aztec tomb? Yes, yes, mm. and, the, and, the, and, he, and the guy escapes. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, but you guys playing that, um, and by you guys, I mean Sarah, playing that sound clip of Rick over and over again reminds me of him talking to the media and saying, I don't want you to take me out of context and say <laughs> I kidnapped Edward Milton. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well observed, sir. Thank you. Thank Have you, my friend. You as well. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. Rick, I can't bet on a slot on the bowling team. This is from, uh, Seamus. So I won't be around, but I'll pledge to donate a dollar to the Trillium Family Services on behalf of, on Sarah's behalf for each point she scores. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Will that count? Of course it'll count. so rad. It really is. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. We're doing random calls till the end of the show. Hello. How's it going? This is Brian in Southeast. Hello. What's up, Brian in Southeast? Hey, you guys have been awesome. So I've been meaning to call up and just say, No, no, no. Thank you. All right. Bye now. All right. We're doing random calls to the end of the program. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Two things. Uh, a, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to the, the uh, listener party exactly at 8. Is there going to be uh, – do, do they have like a figured out time where they're going to start the rows? Because I don't want to miss the rows. Uh, well, here's – people have been asking us about this, and uh, the doors will open. Here's the thing. Uh, so the listener party is next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Crystal Ballroom. Doors will open at 7 uh, there'll probably be something, uh, how do I put this, um, we're going to have a little, a, a special event that happens immediately before the actual party begins, probably around 7.45, 7.50 or so, there'll be a little, uh, an overture, one might say. Uh, then the party itself begins at 8, uh, the roast will probably run, we're saying probably 8.30 to 9.15. Uh, okay. That would be our best guess. Now, keep in mind, everything does start a little late, and everything does run a little long at these. So uh, we are aiming, though. I can't really say for sure when it will end, but we are aiming for the roast to start at 1130. Cool. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, are you sure you don't want to do the, the your Hank your Hank Hill impression? Because I've been doing B with and Buddits since high school, and people. I think you should totally. All right, I'll tell you what, sir. We'll do it to two. We'll get back and forth. If you do your Beavis and Butthead right now, I'll do my Hank Hill. All right. Who goes first? Are you doing Beavis or Butthead? Both. All right. Um, I'll go first. Uh, do you want me to do Hank Hill or do you want me to do Tom Anderson from you Beavis? Tom Anderson, because right. it's the same damn voice. All right, it is. All right. <clears throat> Say now, are you all the same kids who painted my cat's butt? There you go. Uh, hey, dude. Uh, it's Anderson. <laughs> um, hello? <laughs> it's Sarah. That's really creepy. Thank you. Thank you. That's really creepy. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. All right. Bye. Oh, that was really unnerving. 
Boss, if you want to get a clean, you got to use elbow grease. Uh, hi, we use stomach grease. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up? What's up? Last call, don't suck. Ah, eject. Except you're not the last <laughs> call, but nice try. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We're doing random calls to the end of the program. Hello. No, you don't suck. I'm Bill Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your one impression? Yeah, okay. What about people not saying? Well, you brought it up, so now nobody's Now nobody's going to say goodbye ever again. All right. And that little filly in Paris put a big strain on my ticker. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, Sarah, uh, that stuff for uh, your dog Muppet uh, that will help his breath is called Greenies? Yeah, I give him Greenies. He uh, loves them, so. So it's not helping, huh? No, he's just, I think his teeth are a little worse for the wear because of all the uh, wet okay. food when he was younger. Right. But yeah, thanks my... for the tip. Sure, no problem. All right, thank Bye. you, sir. All right. It's 503-733-2970. I say, which is pointless because there's probably no time for it. This will probably be the last call of the day. I wonder if someone should count someday how many times you say the phone number in the course of a show. Uh, Hi. Well, we used to do, you know, a much more caller-centric show than we do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Probably the last call of the day. Try with everything in you not to be bad. Dear Lord, the pressure. No, I won't be bad. Oh, damn it, Bobby, you son of a bitch. How about that? Hey, that's not bad that's at all. That's really good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Tell somebody I need to make more money than I make. You and me both, friend. Thank you. <laughs> Bye now. Yep. All right. I think we have time for one more. Oh, gosh. Bobby, Should I don't do understand this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> that's it. We're done. That's it. Final call. Well done. Thank you. All right. Excellent. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. Uh, are we done? Are we finished here? Are we wrapping up? We sure are. There we go. All right. That was the best possible call in. The guy just said goodbye. Oh, excellent. Uh, join us tomorrow when I guess we'll include uh, Jack Russell from Great White and Peter Carlin from The Oregonian. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. For AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Brian Jones is our director of engineering. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru and the woman who really runs the whole joint, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Like us next. Michael Mara show at 7. See you for the recap at 10 of the show at 11. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastard credit down. Best audience ever. Mamma mia. What happened to my penis?